0: Podcast live and order
1: the world. Welcome into Pros V. Joe's draft coverage. I had a little technical difficulties on there there on the intro.
0: That's all my the- fault. I I I'm guilty once again. So so irritating. I can't get technology to go in my favor. But it doesn't matter, Ed, because we're here. We're live. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun show tonight. we got to find out where Jonathan Taylor is going to fall. we got to find out how uh, the pros and Joes are handling the Seattle running back situation. Based on the breaking news we got about an hour or so ago. And the defending champions in the house tonight, the GOAT district, John Daniel, Dan Williamson, Theo Gremminger, going to try to go back-to-back tonight. Um, Our live draft board is live right here on the ffpc youtube channel we're going to call the action from the arrow house number four league in the ffpc pros versus joes tonight uh winner of this is going to get a 2024 ffpc main event squad and i want to thank rob greetings and salutations to all the alcoholics tuning in the latest episode of high six fantasy football hour is live and it is presented by myffpc.com. aiden took over you follow him on twitter at aiden Lacore. aiden thank you so much for joining me tonight
1: it's my it's my pleasure Excited or, for the draft. A lot. People were talking on Twitter today, Bucky. They were, they were saying how you got to, it's impressive how you have to come up with new talking points. It's doing not shots. hard. Not it's hard. not hard when all these news is dropping. Joe Burrow's calf strain, the the Seahawks running backs, Jonathan Taylor, They the, the stories make themselves.
0: They do make themselves, and uh, we're gonna have all those stories tonight on the fourth of six extra special episodes tonight for you. It's the twenty twenty three Pros versus Joe's Arrow House League number four. We're gonna be covering it for the entire duration tonight. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post um, all your comments that you might have uh, right there, as well as on Twitter. Aiden is at Aiden Lacroix. That's A I D A N L I Q U O R I E. I am at Eric Balkman. The show is at HSFO or the FFPC is at FFPC. You can email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We'll try to get through all the questions in the YouTube chat, the Facebook chat, Twitter, um, as well as uh, the email throughout the show tonight. Uh, And I want to shout out our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and our hardworking audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. Tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the pros versus Joes, number four, I want to remind you that the FFPC main event early draft slots have already gone out. And uh, if you weren't in on that, if you didn't have your team paid up or if you didn't register, don't worry, because we have another early draft slot deadline coming up in less than three weeks. A week, uh, I beg your pardon, two weeks from tomorrow, So no, not less than a week, two weeks from tomorrow, you will have another early draft slot deadline. So if you register, pay for your team, by then you're going to find out where you're drafting in uh, Planned in Hollywood, at Las Vegas, uh, for the if you're drafting live or online, doesn't matter. You'll know where you're drafting if you register by Monday, August thirteenth. The FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship going off right now. Uh, had a bunch of drafts fill over the weekend. We're gonna have a bunch more drafts fill tonight uh, as we speak. And uh, if you want to get on that, do so because it's only three hundred fifty dollars to join a one million dollar grand prize there. Don't forget about all the closed twelve team leagues we have. $5 will get you an entry fee over at the FFPC as well as dynasty leagues going on over there. $100 all the way up to $5,000, 1400 plus leagues over a uh, a decade plus we've never had one fold. So if you want to play fantasy football 365 days a year, make sure you're registering at myffpc.com. Tonight's drafters, ladies and gentlemen, in the Pros versus Joes number uh, 4. Remember, these are 6 FFPC Joes versus 6 F, uh, six uh, fantasy football pros and the winner of this league will get a free entry into the 2024 FFPC main event where they can compete for a $1 million grand prize. We have a pro leading it off tonight. John Paulson from 4 for 4 is in the one slot followed by best, sport, uh, best ball expert and a guy who has been on this show multiple times, Danny Mueller. Look out for him, the FFPC Joe in slot number two. Doug Orth from FFToday.com drafting third. Hitting cleanup is Tyler Holder, the FFPC Joe. And then we're looking at more Mauricio Gutierrez from EstadioFantasy.com in the five hole tonight. Jason Barr and Joe Jackson drafting six. Curtis Patrick from RotoViz. Ryan McDowell from Dynasty League Football. Mashing up tonight, not only mashing up together for uh drafting uh potentially a a league winning or a, a league championship team but mashing up Rotovision dynasty league football we love to see it they're drafting seventh Gary Kerr, a guy you uh, saw in these airwaves uh, about a month or so ago here is going to be drafting uh number eight tonight, and he will be joining us here shortly in about fifteen minutes. Dan Williamson, Theo Greminger, and John Daniel, the goat district trio that won the whole thing last year. no. Not just their individual league. They won the whole thing last year. They are drafting ninth tonight. Gary Knight drafting 10th. Jim Coventry, our good buddy from Rotowire, wire is going to be joining us at the conclusion of tonight's draft to critique his team and others. And then Brian Covert, another guy who is coming up here shortly. Uh, we will have him on to talk about his pros versus shows draft as well. That is the lineup, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get through the first round here, Aiden. Uh, Travis Kelsey, one overall to John Paulson, followed by a bunch of receivers. Justin Jefferson to Danny Miller. Cooper Cup to Doug Orth over Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase to Tyler Holder at the 104, followed by Tyreek Hill at the 105, and then uh, Barr and Jackson had to be loving life getting Christian McCaffrey at the 106. That started a mini running back run. Bijan Robinson to Curtis Patrick, and then your uh, and uh, Ryan McDowell, and then Austin Eckler to Gary Kerr. Rest of the round was uh, receiver Ceedee Lamb to Dan Williamson and the Goat District guys, Greminger. J.D., they took C.D. Lamb there. Amon Ross St. Brown to Gary Knight. A.J. Brown to Jim Coventry. And wrapping things up, the Killer Clowns, Brian Colbert ends up taking Stephon Diggs at the 112. Boy, I I guess, Aiden, as we look at this, um, a couple of things stand out, but maybe none bigger than Cooper Cup going over Jamar Chase at the 103 tonight. What do you make of that, man?
1: Uh, I was I was intrigued to see where Chase went because you know like the, the scene in the office where Michael Scott just like nope like it's a fame shift nope don't like that it's just that's how don't you like
0: that it. yeah when uh, Charles Minor was taken over right
1: you just don't like the the capture was I mean Bucky honestly I, I know it's a little bit you might be the best judge because your quarterback nearly a decade ago experienced the same capture I believe and Rogers tried to play through it in 2015 and he didn't look great. I you guys made the NFC championship game, I believe. But the mobile. Yeah, we don't
0: need to bring up that because that was that was probably the worst gut punch in recent Packers history. So thanks for bringing that up, Aiden. He was a, it's didn't, because- didn't think I'd be I did not think I'd be walking that lonely, lonesome road again tonight with the Packers fumbling away a trip to the Super Bowl against the Seahawks in Seattle. But yeah, I appreciate that tonight. But you're right to get back to the point, the calf strain is significant and and I think, Aiden, the, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, is like this is like if this is the regular season, we'd be freaking out a lot more about the yep. Joe Burrow calf strain than we are right now.
1: I mean, we, we he has what? About five weeks, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's more concerning. It's, a, it's an injury that lingers by all accounts. Um, it's a lot of time to recover to get really back to full strength. You're probably not going to see him uh, being as mobile in the pocket as he I'm sure would like to be. There's just some concern. It's going to be the next couple of weeks. Probably don't give us anything, but really as we get closer and closer, we're really going to have to gauge um, where Burr's at. And the only positive out of it, uh, there's no positives per se, but of all quarterbacks, Burrow just deals with bad luck seemingly every preseason, just misses time just year after year in the uh, training camps and whatnot. So it's not as though he's inexperienced with this. Um, So that's a little bit of a a maybe a slight boost, but I'm not surprised because you very well could be seeing a diminished Joe Burrow or, or or Joe Burrow may be missing even the first couple of weeks of the season. I would expect him probably take it slow. Um, but again, I'm not a medical doctor. Just every everything you read, it's just it's not and it's better than the what people originally thought was. That no denying that, but it's not great, especially as a guy who I know Terp has been on these uh, these pros v. Joe's drafts a lot, and he's been pretty adamant. He loves Jamar Chase as the overall. I think his number one guy on the board, wide receiver one. I was kind of on that train too. I, I mean, I don't think there's a bad option between him and Jefferson. I love Tyreek. I love Cup. I think I said in in the comments section in the past. I think there's you can make a case for any of that top five to be the first overall pick, and I wouldn't wouldn't bat an eye, including Tyreek in that. But the the chase, it's just scary. There's the uncertainty there that wasn't previously
2: there.
0: You know, we have not. I mean. Jamar Chase was the definitive 102 Mm -hmm. um, in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, which, by the way, anytime I cite ADP on this show, it's Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com, at fantasymojo on Twitter. Make sure that you are checking out his website, getting a subscription. makes you that much better of an FFPC fantasy football player. Jamar Chase has slipped a little bit. Um, Now he's sort of neck and neck for the 102 with Travis Kelsey. Uh, It remains to be seen how um, much further he falls. He hasn't fallen a whole lot. Um, you know, based on this Burrow injury, Burrow has fallen a little bit. He is now creeping into the late fourth round uh, as quarterback five, a little distancing himself from Lamar Jackson and uh, I don't think he's in danger of the Herbert Fields uh, territory yet, but maybe he will be as we get uh, further on. T. Higgins has actually fallen a little bit tonight, and we'll get into him in a little bit. But T. Higgins has fallen to 303 on average when he was going at, like, the 209 to here. Let's get through the second round, uh, ladies and gentlemen, on the Pros is Joe's number four draft. Nick Chubb to Brian Covert here at the uh, 12 spot as he uh, gets a Diggs-Chubb start. Uh, one of only three teams to start with a pair of receivers tonight. That's Jim Coventry from RotoWire pairing Garrett Wilson and his uh, ankle injury with A.J. Brown at the 11 hole tonight. Saquon Barkley goes to the 203 to Gary Knight. Mark Andrews, the second tight end off the board to the GOAT District. Devontae Adams right after that to Gary Kerr to go with his Austin Eckler. The only team to go running back, running back tonight is Curtis Patrick from RotoViz and, of course, Ryan McDowell from Dynasty League Football. Bijan uh, Robinson in the first round, Derrick Henry in the second round. So sort of opposite ends of the dynasty fantasy football running back spectrum there with Robinson and Henry Waddle to Jason Barr and Joe Jackson at uh, the 207 tonight. Tony Pollard to Mauricio Gutierrez from Estadio Fantasy. Devontae Smith after that to Tyler Holder. Jonathan Taylor falls to the 210 tonight uh, to Doug Orr from FF Today. Chris Olave pairs nicely with Justin Jefferson to Danny Miller in the two hole. And then, of course, that Chiefs stack rearing its ugly head tonight. John Paulson gets Kelsey and Mahomes with his top two picks. Let's get into the uh the YouTube chat here. Uh Rich Bilieu, I know you just posted this and I'm gonna post it again right here. Rich Bilieu, a guy who was on this show not too long ago, um and, and he cites a very talented very extremely uh well-read intelligent fantasy football high stakes player and he cites that the Hill Pollard start from Gutierrez here from the five hole he really likes it. What do you make of that Hill and Pollard in the first two rounds.
1: I mean, as I said just what, a couple minutes ago, is it's probably the hotter take is that opening four of, of Kelsey Jefferson, Cup and Chase, even Cup's a little bit in there, but I, you've seen them go one. I have Tyreek in that mix as well. I think you're looking at if it's, it's more dependent on Tua and, and if Tua can stay healthy. But I, I'm in on, I think Tyreek's a lock for about 1,800 plus yards. I think he could hit 2K. I think that offense is dynamic. Uh, I'm really all in on the Dolphins offense. Um, and then Pollard, I mean, and maybe it's it's Turp rubbing off on me. It's just <laughs> two years now of just Tony Pollard love. But again, uh, I, I've been on the record. I think Zeke resigns there, but maybe there's some signs pointing of Zeke going. If the Cowboys don't sign another running back, I mean, look what Tony, he was RB7 last year in the FFPC format. And that was with Zeke. I mean, there's going to be more touches. You almost hope they limit him because I, I don't know how how much of a workload he can handle. But, yeah, that that is a, a great one to start. I mean, I think you're getting genuinely a player who I would consider at, at one. And then you're getting a guy who I think has a legitimate chance to be a top three running back.
0: Aiden, not concerned about the Wilson ankle injury here for uh, Jim Coventry at the 202, getting him to go along with A.J. Brown?
1: it's just it's all about gauging it i mean the reports aren't that it's not crazy serious i think you just kind of have to take the risk i mean we saw what garrett wilson did with non zach wilson quarterbacks last year and even at times with zach wilson and i was getting aaron Rodgers. i mean bulk if i wanted to i i couldn't make this entire this stream i could just base every take of mine on the training camp videos that are released by teams <laughs> and garrett wilson's one of the top ones because the Rodgers to wilson connection looks outstanding when Wilson's been practicing. So just basing it on training camp videos, which us fantasy players love to do phenomenal. I love, I love the Garrett Wilson pick uh, by that regard.
0: Saquon Barkley goes at the two Oh three tonight. Now over the course of the, uh, of the last, um, I don't know, about a week or so right around there. uh, Basically ever since Barkley signed on, for his uh, for his for his his new deal this year, uh, he's risen a little bit. This is right at his ADP tonight. How do you view uh, Saquon Barkley right now, man? Given that, hey, maybe if he has a soft tissue injury early on in the season, he's not going to fight through it.
1: The uh, I feel like it was kind of a welcome to the fantasy world moment. I guess I've done enough of these streams and spouted enough Clyde Edwards hilaire nonsense where the fantasy receipts Twitter account followed me. Um, and he would have had some golden content because I think the last time I was on the FFPC YouTube, I was talking about how I'm confident Saquon's missing games. And I kid you not, the next day, he uh, he signs the contract. I was just like, well, that looks like a bad look. So that's why if we talk about Jonathan Taylor, uh, I, which I'm sure we will, I have no interest on in making any take related to that. I mean, Saquon, I think it's, again, it's right as ADP, I understand it. I do have concerns because it's just, again, the last image you have down the stretch of last season, he did slow down. Uh, I know he was healthy last year, and there is a there is an argument to be made. A lot of the injuries he suffered were uh, – you could call them a little bit fluky, right? He steps on one of his players uh, – he, like, lands funny on one of his teammates' foot, and that leads to a high ankle sprain, right, and he gets twisted up. But I, I agree with you. I think there, the contract situation – He it went from being incredibly unhappy and talking to holding how to signing that one year deal, which is is a little odd. I'm out on Saquon even before all the contract shenanigans. So uh, I, I don't mind the pick, but it's just you're asking the wrong guy as someone who, who isn't fully in on him for a variety of reasons. Looking at oh you're you're jumping in and out i was just gonna go
0: it's my fault it's it's easier i i I think i gotta fix now my apologies go ahead
1: you're all good i'm just gonna go off and recite that third round in in bulky fashion
0: (laughs) well let me do it in bulky fashion right now because the 301 ends up being jameer gibbs here tonight with uh john paulson drafting his first running back there jalen Hurts as the second quarterback off the board to danny miller getting um oh no stack there and actually uh uh, John Terry citing that the unstacked quarterbacks are moving up. Yeah. Dalen Hurts to Danny Miller. Ramondre Stevenson off the board to Doug Orth as his second running back. TJ Hawkinson, third tight end off the board to Tyler Holder, the FFPC Joe, hitting cleanup tonight in that four spot. DK Metcalf joins Tyreek Hill and Tony Pollard for uh, Mauricio Gutierrez Estadio Fantasy Team. Josh Allen, third quarterback to Jason Barr. T Higgins falls tonight to the 307 to Patrick and McDowell. They got to be loving that. Uh, to get him as their number one receiver, there. Lamar Jackson to Gary Kirk, Keenan Allen, and Debo Samuel. Back to back receivers here to the GOAT District and Gary Knight, Travis Etienne, Terps guy, 311 tonight to Jim Coventry, followed by Calvin Ridley, Etienne's real life teammate at the 312. That is your third round, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you this right now. Aiden, I've been saying it on Pros versus Joe's, the HSFF Hour, the HSFF Show, everything. I think Gibbs is going to move up and be a second-round pick before we get to Vegas. My God, he's almost there after John Paulson took him at the 301 tonight.
1: I mean, it's also just he's going to get pushed up, I think, in that 2-3 turn because a lot of those guys are going to be wanting to and get your guy territory. We always talk about uh-huh. it. Sometimes the reach is okay, right? He's not coming back more than likely. So I agree. I mean, we've talked about it extensively. Um, I think we had on one of our best ball live draft coverages with Theo Greminger. We talked about how that Thursday game. Like I can't wait to see how the ADP is impacted if he won, if he stinks. to more than likely, if he has a, a big game in a high scoring affair against Kansas City. But no, I think he hits the two ten to eleven and can move up. I mean, all reports are he looks great. That they, they're using him in every which way. It, it, it's a fantastic spot. I mean. Uh, talk about even more positives. I don't know if you saw the video of their they released like an hour and a half of draft room footage during the night of the draft. they were fully intending on taking Gibbs at six over yeah. B, over Bijan like the, mm-hmm. the love for this guy is I, I, you almost need to start with i I know Bijan obviously in college was a generational back but I mean I, I let's just say the line stayed at six until Gibbs over Bijan. Uh, imagine how much higher I think Gibbs would be going just on that alone, let alone 12 where he went. So, yeah, uh, that was a long answer to yes, he's going to hit mid-second to late-second, I think, in the next couple of weeks.
0: I and and so like maybe it wasn't even saying anything that I think gives us going to move up cuz we're already seeing it yeah. you know so significantly and 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 that's fine like we we'll see how crazy it gets when we get to um when we get to planet hollywood which is oh my goodness um about 5 weeks away roughly somewhere around crazy. there and if you're still thinking about coming you haven't booked your flight yet uh, you haven't booked your room yet, especially with your room. Make sure you're emailing Greg Sadoris, our FFPC casino host. Just simply greg at myffpc.com. G R E G. Myffpc.com. that is where you can reach him and he'll hook you up he'll let you know exactly you know what you're what you're looking at as far as roommates and everything so you're getting the best possible deal you can also check out in the FFPC mailer that has been going out uh, via email the last I don't know a couple of weeks we had a little banner in the bottom you can just click on that and you can book your room right through there as well uh, for another great deal so make sure you're doing that okay I was looking for the total on because um, we, we just had um, uh, Rich bill you chime in. That, uh, that that it's going to be a shootout on Thursday night, and I'm kind of with him. The only thing, the only caution I would have is that oftentimes I thought it was going to be a shootout before and it ended up being low scoring. Well, um, sure. tot- total is 53.5 right now. 53.5. Chiefs are a 6.5-point favorite. That's what we're looking at um, yeah, as far as that game goes. And it's a free look for all the fantasy pros, all the FFPC main event uh, players as well. I thought... Um, um, uh, Calvin Ridley was going too high uh, prior to this. And then I see him tonight at the 312 to Brian Covert. And we'll talk with Brian about that in, in, in just a little bit. But the, the Calvin Ridley pick, I, I guess maybe I'm just a little skittish on it, Maiden. But I, the guy who has missed, he, he's missed so much time over the last year and a half. And I already wasn't comfortable with him in the fourth round. He's an easy fade for me in the third round. I'm not going to go after him. What, what do you, Where do you stand on Calvin Ridley? when you have a guy like the, the Killer Clowns here, Brian Covert, taking Calvin Ridley as his number two receiver at the 312. Are you on board with that pick there?
1: First off, my favorite thing in this draft is that everyone has their name, and then Team 12 is just Killer Clowns. I mean, Killer that's, Clowns. That's just great marketing by them, that differ, differentiating themselves. But um, part of me feels as though it might be a weird hot take skewed by a couple of just moments that stick out where it's just sometimes it's just like Ridley before the suspension was beat up, you know, sometimes maybe the time off isn't the worst thing in the world, right? He's not, mm-hmm. it's a year off, not taking hits, getting the body right for him. Most importantly, getting, getting his, his head right. Right. He was dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Right. I mean, he's he, he's relatively young. I, I think he's not as young as you would think for a guy who, who's not played a ton of football, But, I mean, his last truly healthy year, he went for, like, 1,500 yards. I mean, the talent's there. That's an explosive offense. He looks solid in training camp by all accounts. I know that the the video of him running routes compared to Zay Jones is a little bit skewed because he was, like, people way smarter than me were analyzing it and saying that he wasn't actually running the route correctly, and it was actually Russ, which made him look faster. But still, I mean, he looks great. Um, He's confident. I, I love that offense. Kirk, Evan Ingram. Could be a slow start, but I'm unlike you. I, I do agree it got way too high. I mean, we did some draft ball where he was going in the late second. Like, that's mm-hmm. where you're stretching it a lot. But I think early fourth to even late third is a, a fine tier to take a risk on a, what we know is a super talented player and what a lot of people are predicting to be a great offense.
0: You know, the other thing to keep in mind, and we always I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, you have to win your league. Like, second place doesn't get anything. Second place gets the same payout in this format as 12th place. So, like, maybe, you know, he's just staking his claim here and, and planting his flag on Calvin Ridley. I don't want to speculate. I would rather just talk to Brian Covert about this pick, and I'm going to do that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in. The guy who is drafting from the 12th spot tonight, a guy who has won multiple FFPC and Fantasy Pros championship leagues, Brian Covert joining the prog podcast tonight. Brian, welcome in, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Salute. So, so here's the thing. We were just talking about the Ridley pick. I was a little nervous about it. I think uh Aiden made some good points, and I think about it like he's a good pick to win. Can you tell us what you were thinking there when it came down to you at that
3: 312-4-1 turn? Why did you go with Ridley? Um, I like Ridley. He was gonna be my wide receiver too, if I could get him. Um, but since I got selected as to draft at number 12, I figured he would not be there when I got the return on on the way back. So that's why I grabbed him there. If I was in the middle rounds, I probably wouldn't have taken him that early, but Mm -hmm. since I'm the 12th pick, I didn't think he was going to come around back to me.
0: So, so Brian, let, let me ask you here when you consider, um, the fact that this dude has missed a lot of time over the last year and a half because of the suspension and so on and so forth. Now he goes to a new team, new quarterback, new OC, new offense, new head coach, everything. Can you tell us a little bit about why you know, why the upside sort of trumped all that other stuff here, the fact that you took him at the end of the third, early fourth round?
3: Well, I figured since he's been off, he's rested, he's healed. I'm pretty sure he's – I'm hoping he's got his personal life behind him and that he can come up with a rapport with Trevor Lawrence in order to um, have a, a breakout year and help me win this this league I'm in right now. So uh, it's sort of like a, a gamble, but I hope it pays off in the long run.
0: You, uh, What wasn't a gamble was you getting Stefan Diggs at the 112 tonight. Man, I love that pick for you right there. Good value. I, I look at the FFPC um, uh, best ball tournament uh, ADP right now. And he normally has an ADP of 109. And Brian, in the last three days, he has not gone later than the 112. So you got maximum value there. When you knew you were picking 12, did you think that there was a chance you were going to get Diggs there?
3: No, no. I thought he would go way before that. I was basically guaranteed or counting on getting AJ Brown, Amon St. Brown, or. Um, uh, Garrett Wilson at that spot. That's who I was targeting. But once Stephon Diggs got there, it was a no brainer.
0: You know, oftentimes when we watch and consume media about the best running backs in the NFL, from a non fantasy standpoint, the guy that always comes up over and over again, at least for me, has been Nick Chubb. And he goes at the 201 tonight. Now, He's not exactly been a prolific pass catcher over his career, but I think he's working his way towards it. And I know we've, we've gotten some reports that he's worked on it quite a bit this offseason that he's actually going to be in a good spot to catch some passes there. And by the way, no Dearness Johnson, no Kareem Hunt there anymore. So you have Nick Chubb here that you get at the 201. I got to feel like like when you were looking at this spot from before the draft started, Brian, at the 12, you're like, okay, well, I'm probably not, you know, like eliminating players, like uh, Diggs won't be there, Chubb won't be there. You actually got both of those guys there, um, and and I don't want to say it was a slam dunk at the turn, but how easy of a decision uh, of a decision was it to get Diggs and Chubb there?
3: It was Chubb was my number one because I knew I wasn't getting McCaffrey, I knew I wasn't getting Bijan, so it was kind of between him and Saquon, but um, Nick Chubb was my number. When I was selected at twelve, that was going to be my number two pick, regardless. Hopefully, if he if he ended up there and he did, so I got lucky. The other
0: pick is as we're talking with Brian Covert, the killer clowns drafting from the twelve spot tonight, in pros versus Joe's number four winner. Of this league is going to be getting an FFPC main event free entry uh, next year to try to go for that one million dollar grand prize. The other pick that we haven't talked about tonight is Justin Herbert. You took at the to four oh one. Now at that point. Um, There were four quarterbacks off the board. Can you tell me a little bit about what you were thinking about the quarterback position prior to the draft and then how those thoughts changed or maybe didn't change when you got to that three, four turn, seeing that there's already four quarterbacks off the board and believing like, you know what, maybe this is the right time to get one here?
3: Yeah, usually I'm. Don't pick a quarterback this early, but due to, you know, the quarterback being so valuable this year with touchdowns, I know he doesn't rush as much, but he does pass, and he has a very good history of 4,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns easily. I just figured he wouldn't be there on, my, on on the turn, so that's why I grabbed him. I wanted to try to get an elite quarterback for the first time. Usually, I wait till rounds 12, 11 to get my quarterback, but I wanted to. Try to get an elite quarterback right away. That could have be quarterback one by the end of the season. Brian, you're coming up
0: on your pick here. I would love to have you make those two picks on the air at the five twelve six to one. The last question I'll ask you before that, you know, when people are drafting, and I don't think this matters if it's best ball or um, you know a managed league. Um, when you're drafting on the turn, how important is balance? In other words, you know you could have went receiver, receiver, receiver to start your draft. You could have went running back, running back, running back to start your draft. But you've kind of like peppered it around as far as positions go. Wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, now quarterback. How important is it to be flexible at all those positions as you matriculate your way through this pros versus Joes draft?
3: Well, I prefer I, – in my first six rounds, I prefer to try to have a um, – balanced lineup with two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a quarterback. That's how I go for all my drafts, so that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do in, in this best ball draft right here.
0: All right, so Brian's on the clock right now. You just heard what he said. Now, he, only has, he already has two receivers. He's got one running back. He's got a quarterback, does not have a tight end yet. We have seven tight ends off the board. We have 18 running backs off the board. You got about 30 seconds on the clock here, Brian. What are you thinking? Are you going to go running back tight end here?
3: Yeah, I was actually thinking that. I'm gonna go. Uh, well, actually, uh, it's a tough one. I know it's tight end premium. Mm-hmm. So let me. I don't. Ooh, uh, I don't like any of those. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I waited too long. So I'm gonna take a gamble again and go with uh, Madison. Madison. Okay. Here we go. And then uh, I have a couple ideas for late late round um, tight end. So I'm probably gonna go. Oof. Oh, God. There's oh, yeah. Just, Brian, go.
0: while you think about it, Chubb and Madison are now Brian's running backs here uh, from the 12 spot. He's already got Diggs and Ridley. Those were his first and third round picks. Herbert was the quarterback here in the fourth round. About 35 seconds left on the clock here. A lot of different ways you can go, given that this is the FFPC with the dual flex. What are you thinking here, Brian?
3: I'm also going to go probably another wide receiver right here, and I'm going to hit him because I have a feeling he's just going to break out. Brandon Ayuk, the San Francisco 49ers receiver, is the first player chosen
0: in the sixth round tonight in the FFPC, Pros versus Joes, uh, league number four. So, Brian, a couple of questions here. Number one, um, why do you think Ayuk is is slated for a breakout this year in that Niners offense that, by the way, features McCaffrey, Samuel, and
3: George Kittle? Well, I know McCaffrey has the injury history and, uh, you know, Debo lost weight and he's ready to go. But I, you, last year, I thought he did incredible. I had him in a bunch of leagues, and he helped me out big time. So I have a feeling he is going to get a lot more work in the run game like he did um, and, and receiving as being the the number two guy. I, it, it really – hopefully Purdy's back. I don't know how Trey Lance is going to do or, or perform with um, – that offense since he's had very little of time with them, and Purdy had so much and had was so good with them. I'm just taking, I'm, I'm basically taking a gamble on IU right now. Hopefully he will break out and surpass and possibly be uh, a, a league winner for me.
0: That's what you have to do in the FFPC pros versus Joe's challenge. Final question for you, Brian, You decided not to go tight end here. You don't have to reveal specific names on the show, but we have talked um, with a lot of people over the course of the last month, maybe two months here on the program about the third tier or maybe fourth tier in certain cases of tight ends um, and how ripe it is with value this year, how ripe it is with potential breakouts. Are you also seeing the same thing In, in years past? And I know you've been playing with the FFPC for you know, almost a decade now, is this what you have seen this year that you can get really good tight ends late?
3: Yeah. Yep. Um, if I can't get Kelsey or, or Andrews, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll take a gamble and, um, try to get a tight end. I know it's tight end premium, but if they fail, then it's my fault. It, <laughs> you know, I tried, I drafted Kyle Pitts his rookie year and, you know, when he was supposed to, you know, a little earlier when I was in Vegas, And, you know, he didn't do me so good. So it's just a gamble. I mean, you got to zig when other people zag and hope, you know, your late round tight end comes through for you and gets you the points you need. The multi-time FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship League winner
0: Brian Covert joining us tonight. He's drafting from the twelve spot here, uh, Brian. Not only good luck is what we're uh, Aiden and I are going to wish you for this draft, but good mm-hmm. luck winning that million dollars in the FFPC. All right, I'll see you date. in, see you in Vegas, September. You got it. I absolutely, Brian. It's a date. All we right. will see you then. Thanks for joining us, dude. Right. Appreciate it. You got it, Brian Covert, ladies and gentlemen. Drafting from the twelve spot, the Killer Clowns uh, squad. Drafting. Um, Three receivers here in the first six rounds, as well as a pair of running backs. Justin Herbert as his quarterback, and Aiden. I think as we look at Brian's team here, you know, he kind of made it seem like oh, I'm, I'm leaning towards running back, tight end. But when he looked at it, and like, oh my goodness, I can get a breakout receiver here. There are tight ends that that I like deeper. Are there tight ends that you think that can be gotten late in FFPC drafts this year that we were really weren't seeing in in years previous, where you had to gobble them up early, otherwise you were kind of SOL.
1: Yeah, the uh, I mean, you it, it's you want Kelsey Andrews. I I'm on Hawkinson still. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what we saw this. I do think that transfers over. I think the rest of that second tier is concerning. But I I've been saying there's always that tight end and Balky, you, you and me are repeating ourselves because I remember the exact same conversation we've had. But there's a tight end that always comes out of nowhere every year who's top five. Yep. But there's a lot of juicy names in the, those mid rounds. Um, I've been very high on Greg Dulcich. I love what I saw last year. I mean, I'm just hoping, banking on the Broncos' offense improving. That's just one name, but it, it seems it runs the gamut of of players who are just – everyone who comes on your shows, uh, like everyone has a different opinion. Everyone has their own name for those mid-round tight ends, so they're just on. I mean, and some of them, it's even like the 18th, 19th. They're like, these guys free, and I think he has a chance at top 10 tight end finish. Uh, I know I've just I've said it once, but Bradley Stalder with Hunter Henry, there's just there's so many, mm-hmm. so many uh, instances of that where I just find as though, yes, there there is a very intriguing spot where you can maybe if you're not getting one of those top three for me. I, I like some of those names in the mid rounds, but I think you're, you're fine waiting, which it hasn't been like that in the past.
0: Let's uh, talk about the sixth round because there's some interesting picks here. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the IU pick at the 601, which which uh, Brian Cobert made on the air. Uh, Chris Godwin was the fourth receiver added to Jim Coventry's squad at the um, at the 602 tonight. Deshaun Watson, the ninth quarterback selected, Gary Knight gets him there at the 603. Christian Kirk off the board to Dan Williamson. I still remain team Kirk this year over team Ridley. However, as we just heard from Brian. In this format, where second place doesn't get anything, I might be more inclined to go with Calvin Ridley over Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, the third receiver drafted by Gary Kerr, uh, Evan Engram, back-to-back Jaguars for Patrick and McDowell from Rotoviz and DLF. Uh, They go with Lawrence in the fifth, Engram in the sixth. Kenneth Walker falls to the 607 tonight to Barr and Jackson. Geno Smith, his real life teammate, going to Mauricio Gutierrez. And then you're looking at Marquise Brown as the third receiver, drafted by Tyler Holder, the FFPC Joe. Damian Pierce and JK Dobbins, a pair of running backs off that to Orth, uh, off the board to Orth and Mueller and Tyler Lockett, the third. I beg your pardon. Nope, that's right. The third Seattle Seahawk drafted in the sixth round tonight. He is the first wide receiver drafted by John Paulson. A couple of things to unpack here. You said that uh, Geno
1: Smith pick way too casually, as though that was just like a normal occurrence.
0: Well, the- here's, here's, here's the issue, because I don't want to talk about him right away. We're going to talk about him, maybe. please. but I want to talk about the Kenneth Walker pick right before. Okay. Because Walker has an ADP of 502 coming into this. Then yep. we get the news today about not only him, but Zach Charbonnet, who are both being dinged up in the Seattle backfield. Does Walker's injury and, and the news we know about it, does that warrant a round and a half drop in the FFPC pros versus Joes? We are trying to catch lightning in a bottle. I don't think it does. I like what Barr and Jackson did here. I like the Kenneth Walker pick at 607.
1: Hmm. I'm just, I'm re, I'm sure I, there's a bunch of breaking news going on about Jonathan Tams. So I'm checking on that. But, in a, a running back conversation, and I'll, as a long-winded way to answer Kenneth Walker, I was intrigued to see where Jonathan Taylor's ADP went. Didn't drop that considerably. Ramondre, with all the reports of the Patriots working at backs, I think someone said in the chat, he's still hanging in that early third. Um, so I, I was expecting them to have bigger drops, and they didn't. Yet, Kenneth Walker, as you said, a round drop. Brees Hall, we didn't we didn't talk about him at the 407. Mm-hmm. with yep. Essentially... So I've seen a couple of things as, Oh, maybe Dalvin is using this as leverage for Miami, but by all accounts, it seems as though he's in New York jet. Brees Hall's having a massive drop. Kenneth Walker does Walker's thing. It, it was weird. Cause it's a little bit of a contradicting statements where Pete Carroll threw in that. He might be out for a while yet. Everything leading up to that. If you read the whole excerpt was, yeah, it's just a minor groin injury. It's never great, but yeah, I think that's good value on Kenneth Walker because the Charbonnet out indefinitely, shoulder injury, not good. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. Walker's thing, this as I said, the stuff preceding the out a while comment made it seem as a much more minor, minor nagging thing. But just gonna have to monitor. But I think, yeah, 607 is a value. The Brees Hall one is is wild too, but those two names dropping considerably is uh interesting when you're looking at Some of the other running back names. There's been a ton of running back news not dropping, so that that's that that's my long-winded running backs like soliloquy on uh, Kenneth Walker and and the rest of the state of the running backs.
0: All right, you mentioned a lot of. Excuse me, you mentioned a lot of names there. Um, I did, and I don't want to get into all of them yet, but I will uh, cite the Kenneth Walker news from uh, Taylor. I'm gonna God, I'm gonna butcher this name, Uh, Taylor Biscotti, or I, I I hesitate to say Biscotti because I'm sure that's what everybody calls Taylor. Um, they they call, uh, call her Taylor Biscotti, but it might be Biscotti. I apologize, Taylor. I, I'm butchering your name live on the air. Uh, she works for the NFL Network, and she had this report that Pete Carroll made it sound like Kenneth Walker could actually be sidelined for a decent amount of time. Um, they're trying to have the – they're waiting out the injury to see if it quiets down. So, okay, fire up Zach Charbonnet. We'll get into him in a little bit, but it sounds like – that shoulder, as you just alluded to, Aiden, is, is keeping him out as well. DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh, just like how they drew it up at July, um, July training camp for the Seattle Seahawks. It's Dallas and McIntosh. I like,
1: I like Kenny Mac- McIntosh pre-draft. I'll say that.
0: Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like we'll be looking at where Dallas and McIntosh go later on tonight. But <clears throat> this is not great news from Kenneth Walker. Um, I, I guess, like, I I, 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 when I when I see stuff like this this early, I tend to not – overrate it but maybe i'm underrating it right now and and mm-hmm. and maybe walker should be plunging around and a half i don't know for me i think sure. that's too far but based on what i know right now i would have gobbled the butt before that so i like the bar and jackson pick there with kenneth walker okay let's get to your geno smith selection that went off the board to mauricio gutierrez from asadio fantasy right after the kenneth walker pick geno smith comes in with an adp in this format as quarterback 13 at the ten o two. He goes tonight about three and a half rounds earlier as Mauricio Gutierrez's first quarterback. He pairs him up with DK Metcalf, so he has a stack there. But man, I'll tell you what—like I would be if if, if stacking is the name of the game, I would have been fine waiting and and drafting Tua Tungabailoa as my second quarterback to pair with Tyree Kill. I would have been fine uh, waiting even longer and getting Jordan Love to pair it uh, with Christian Watson as my second quarterback. Like I, I think there's there's more value in that. I, I think as far as the six-round picks go, you're right. This is the big shocker, head scratcher to me.
4: Um,
1: Mauricio knows way more than me. I just come on <laughs> these shows and and talk about Clyde. But this is that
4: big, said.
0: That's sad. tell bad us how pick. you really feel.
1: Even if you're reaching on Gino, no one's taking him between the, your next pick, draft Lockett or Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then you would have DK uh, Smith and Jigba or Lockett,
5: mm-hmm. and then
1: Gino. You could take him in the seventh. I just I don't understand the rationale. Um, as you said, I, I've been very open. It was in my Tyreek conversation earlier. I think two and Tyreek is the best. It's an unbelievable value stack. So I would I would have been hunting that and reaching on two. I would be comfortable with. But the Gino, if you're gonna do it, just draft Lockett or, or Smith and Jig. But before mm-hmm. Gino, it's just I, I can't wrap my head around. I just think it's an awful pick to, to be frank.
4: The other
0: pick that I thought was interesting here, Danny Mueller, uh, uh, again a guy who has won. I mean, literally, I don't think I'm I'm joking when I say this. He's probably won hundreds of FFPC best ball leagues over the years. So this is his this is his um, um, this is his Zen moment, right? This is this is his happy space, and and he ends up getting J.K. Dobbins at the six eleven tonight. That's nearly a round were a round's worth of value where he is. Typically going in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament as his second running back too, which is even better because now you can go with him and Mixon um, as the fourteenth and twenty second running backs drafted tonight as your starting backfield because you already have Jefferson, Olave, Judy, JSN, and oh by the way, some guy named Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. I think this is this is the market. This is the mark of like a really talented team here that Danny Miller's putting together, and we're only about a third of the way into it. I love the Dobbins pick. I know. There, there's a lot of unknowns right now with what's going on with Dobbins and the Ravens. But again, when you get this kind of value, just take it. I, I said this before, Aiden, and might have been with you, like the Billy Bean um, uh, money ball Brad Pitt scene where like somebody bunts and just gives you the out. Just pick it up and throw them out and say thank you. Just take the value. And that's what Danny Miller did with J.K. Devils.
1: Yeah, I posted in the chat that these people are talking about it. I don't want to discuss him, but briefly, Jerry Judy's range in this format, Percy Joes, is funny. Just the 301 to the 505. He's just mm-hmm. all over the place. It goes, that's a great value pick. Dobbins, as you said, you take the value. Uh, I think that offense should be improved with Todd Munkin. Um, I think Dobbins, he's, he's years removed. Although, seeing that in the news today that J.K. Dobbins got his knee scope because he, uh, he, he had a dream at, that he should get it and texted the team doctor at 3 a.m. that, yeah, let's go for it. Maybe not the best way to, to attack your, uh, your your knee problems. But, yeah, I agree with you at the value. I mean, it, it's pre- there's some impressive value picks here that was not necessarily anticipating. We talked about Walker, which is reliant on health, and Dobbins is. And it's kind of the same. But there's just some names where it's you, you're getting some guys really late who could really pan out. Yeah, I think I'm sure we deal with this. We do. We deal with this every year because those training camp storylines, injury concerns, holdouts, it deflates people's ADPs and people get feds. I mean, look at this. Some people are going to be looking back on it in that little two- or three-day window, right, where Saquon was falling to the, the early third, mid-third, we even saw sometimes, which was a drastic fall, and it wasn't as common. But those guys are, are feeling fantastic. And then just a couple of days later, he signs, and, and he's back into the early second so I agree with you. You take the value. This is at the 611 for J.K. Dobbins. It's well worth any any risk that may be associated with them.
0: Let's go back out to uh, to our um, a live look-in here from the, uh, from the war room of one of these com- uh, contestants here, one of these drafters. And they are coming up here, uh, picking at the 807 shortly. We're going to go ha- uh, to one half of the Jason Barr, Joe Jackson team right now. I want to go out to them right now as they are – uh, in the hole, in the hole, not on deck yet, in the hole, please welcome on the program, shoeless or not, Joe Jackson. I don't know. Joe, welcome into the program, man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us tonight.
0: Uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you, dude. Um, We're going to get to your 807 pick here, but how much were you loving life when you saw McCaffrey was still out there at
2: the 106 for you uh, We were a little confused, you know. We weren't so <laughs> sure that this was the right year, but um, but we were pleased with it, and we just – you know, we're, we're we're typically not we're a pretty low t room in here, but for, you know, right now we're just rolling heavy with uh, those RBS. We're pretty pleased with what we've got.
0: Yeah, and 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 I got to tell you too, like we we're talking about the Brees Hall tumble. You guys get him at the four oh seven tonight. Did you envision him uh, drafting him in the mid fourth, or was this a guy that you considered as all at all? And number two, I guess you're you're maybe not as concerned about him coming off that ACL and the potential of Dalvin Cook going there because you guys struck hot. On, uh, on some value there in the
2: mid-fourth. I mean, with, with something like this, uh, when we're going up against a bunch of sharks, uh, you, you just got to swing for the fences, you know, and and the way it's set up, you know, if you're not first, you're last. You know, we're Ricky Bobby all the way.
6: <laughs> I love
0: it. You guys are coming up on deck right now. Talk to us a little bit about the Kenneth Walker pick. I said I love the pick. I, I, I think that uh, I don't I don't want to overrate the injury right now. So for, for you guys, and I think this fits in with the mentality of your team, this is go first or, 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 you know, we don't care because you get Walker. Here's your third running back in the mid six. Again, this is some value falling to you and you guys took advantage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we almost came to blows, uh, the round before when, when it came to Hopkins versus Walker. And then, so we were uh, about as pleased as you could be that he's there waiting for us the next round. And so, I mean, but, but we, you know, we, Basically, we've got a war room over here of guys that don't agree with each other, and that's what's worked for us. <laughs> All right.
0: So this is perfect, Joe, because yeah. now we, we we have a live look into the war room right now. You guys are on the clock here in the mid-eighth. You have three running backs. You got the two receivers. You got your stud quarterback, Pat Friermuth, went off the board the last round. Take us into the minds of what's going on there right now. Who's the pick going to be in the eighth?
2: I mean, we're going to have a hard time going anything uh, running back anymore, and we feel good about that. I mean, again, I, I think we're just leading to a lot of value right now. I mean, uh, as much as uh, we weren't really thinking of it, you know, we're, we're maybe looking at a a, a Milo stack, a, a, a Tanny stack, if we have to. Yeah, hit it. Yeah, and so there that's what is. we're going to roll with. And so, yeah, Burks, baby, yeah. I love yeah. it.
0: Okay, so so now here here's the thing is you had the opportunity to draft one piece. The, 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 the Titans fans rejoicing here behind yeah. Joe Jackson tonight. They're, they're just loving life. DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks on the same squad. Obviously, you can get Taylor Brian uh, Tannehill later on in the draft. So this is exciting. Um, when, when you talk about Hopkins versus Walker, um, was, was there any talk of like maybe after you got Hopkins to get Burks later, or was this just a case of taking what the draft again is giving to you?
2: Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those that really we were hoping to, to pull Gabe Davis in with us for for Josh Allen. And, and when that kind of fell away, uh, you know, you got to start to pivot. You know, you, you you can't just, you know, decide that you're sticking with your game plan, even though it's trash at that point. I mean, we we'd kind of mocked through a few things and never were we getting Josh Allen and definitely not CMC. Um, and so we, we just had to kind of play on the cuff and on the fly. And again, if it gives it to us, it does. If we look like fools, um, you know, four months from now, that's okay. Nobody's going to remember <laughs> that, but if we that's want, right. you know, yeah, we feel good about it. And so, uh, who,
0: who is, who is the, the mastermind? And is that a Josh Allen Jersey behind it you? It's a
2: Josh Allen Jersey. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. 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 I don't know which way he is. Yeah. There he right is. Right there. All right. There. right. So there, who, so who is this, Joe? Who are we talking to? Uh, this is my son, you know. Uh, his name's Ollie. and so. Hey. Oh, well, welcome in. So how's it been? How
0: exciting has it been for the, for the draft tonight for your dad?
3: It's been good.
0: Did, now, did you tell him, like, look, Dad, I don't care who you draft as long as we get Josh Allen tonight? <laughs> or did you, I don't even know, maybe you put the Josh Allen jersey on after your dad chose him. How did that go tonight?
4: Yeah, um, so
5: we couldn't find it, and then my mom finally found it, so now we have it here. <laughs> oh,
0: perfect. So, the so it, is the draft made now? Are you just thrilled? You know, I don't care who else we get. We got Josh Allen, we're winning this league. Is that the approach that you're having?
5: Um, well, this is my first draft, so I'm kind of excited about it.
0: <laughs> I, we're excited for you, buddy. What, what's the strategy the rest of the way? What are you going to tell your dad to do?
5: Um, I I mean, um, I mean, I don't really know a lot of players.
0: That's okay.
5: My
6: second year in football watching it. So,
0: yeah, this is exciting, man. Well, enjoy the rest of the draft. Thanks for joining the show tonight. We really appreciate it.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah. He's good sidekick, you know, and, (laughs) and. Yeah he's, like, yeah. he's your
0: hype man, Joe. You gotta have
2: he a good is, hype. He, man. Is, he is, you know, and and, and, and he, he loves doing it, you know. And he said we should draft Josh Allen first overall. And we said we can't do that. And then, yeah. you know, lo and behold, it, it 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 slid in there for us, you know, round three, we we're in good shape there. And so uh, but, no, no, so far so good. But, you know, there's some there's some killer teams already out there looking. And, you know, who just – you know, right now where it falls with Dalvin, Ken Walker, Brees Hall, all those guys, like you, you just don't know. And so you just got to, you know, play your best hand and hope for the best. And so uh-
0: – I love I love the – listen, like as far as the draft has gone so far, you guys are grabbing up the value when it comes to you. That's what a lot of great, talented, high-stakes players do, like yourself. So congratulations on the draft so far. Joe, I'm a big fan of it. Tell Jason I'm a big fan of it. And my God, your son is now a superstar. So thank you yeah. so much for having we him on it. tonight. We, we appreciate you joining. Good luck the rest of the way, and good luck taking down that million in the FFPC main event. Hey, we appreciate it. Have a good night, guys. You got it. Joe Jackson, one half of the Jason Barr, Joe Jackson, FFPC Joe squad, joining us from the sixth hole tonight. And Joe's kid. Got to love that. I think um, outside of my daughter, um, that's probably the youngest person ever to appear in the HSFF hour before, Aiden.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a kid who has not experienced the misery of being a Bills fan. so.
0: Why do you have to pee on the parade right after we're all riding he's high? He's best. probably he's probably jumping through a, a a table, a folding table right now, having the time as, of his life as he should. <laughs> that was this. that that was uh, I, we are through um uh the seventh. Oh, no, we're begging pardon. We're through the eighth round here. Let's get you caught up on the eighth round here on the FFPC Pros versus Joe's League number four tonight. Uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, Was the first pick at the 801 to Brian Covert, the killer clowns. Uh, his number four wide receiver, the number three running back drafted by Jim Coventry is James Cook out of Buffalo. Javante Williams, the number three running back drafted by Gary Knight. Jordan Addison off the board as the number five receiver to the Goat District here. The defending champs, by the way, taking the 39th receiver off the board. That was Addison. Elijah Moore to Gary Kerr right after that, followed by another couple of receivers, Brandon Cooks to Patrick Mattel, obviously Burks to Barr and Jackson. Alan Kamara coming off the board tonight, running back 30 at the 808, number three running back drafted by estadio fantasies mauricio gutierrez quentin johnston off the board the rookie running back uh rookie receiver beg your pardon out of the chargers he goes off the board as the wide receiver 43 tonight kirk cousins is going to be the number one quarterback for doug orth for ff today and then a pair of receivers after that Kadarius tony and michael thomas A pair of injury riddled receivers over the course of their careers tony to mueller and then michael thomas to paulson all right we're through 8 rounds. Jahan Dotson, let's kick it off with him because he is one of the players on this show that does not get enough run. Uh and, and Aiden, I got to ask you, Jahan Dotson 802, um, normally uh wide receiver 38 normally. He's wide receiver 38 at the 801 tonight, right on par with where he normally goes. Yet I can't I, I can't just eliminate the players, the exciting players that went after him. Moore, Addison Cooks, uh, Quentin Johnston, Tony, even Michael Thomas to a certain regard. All these players, I, I feel like we've talked about, we've read about, we've wrote about more than Johan Dotson here, and yet Dotson goes in front of all of them. Are we kind of underrating Dotson right now? Maybe not because the FFPC players would say he went right on brand tonight.
1: It's a, The word is not underrated. It's just we're not talking enough. He's been going about it, but at some point you have to realize, I mean, this was a guy who went, I believe, what, 16th or 17th overall in last year's draft. Uh, had a pretty solid rookie season. I think the concern for me, and I've been pretty open, is I'm not a believer in Sam Howell. I do think he was a fifth round pick for a reason. I know they're going for it. I do think the Commanders are probably going to be bad. I think Ron Rivera is probably a lame duck head coach. So all those factors are more concerning to me. Um, but Dotson's talent is not something that concerns me. I think he's ultra talented, is a speed demon. Yeah, I mean Rich Billy is, a, is exactly what I'm thinking. It's just it, it's the situation is concerning, but. For all I've been pro and a lot of people are with Antonio Gibson and we trust the enemy to get him the ball and use their weapons. The same could be said for Jahan Dotson, especially with Terry McLaurin drawing um, always the kind of being the top uh, assignment for defenses. Dotson's a pretty nasty wide receiver too to have. And I think you could see kind of a, a breakout year despite the issues at quarterback where... We were like, yeah, like we, we should have talked about that more. Like the signs were there. I, I want Jacoby Brissett to be the starter. He he, he was pretty good in Cleveland, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's the best outcome for Jahan Dotson. But they could also be, if they're terrible and they're just chucking the ball around later games, that could also be a boon. So especially in best ball format, I think Jahan Dotson's a, a, going right where he should be. Um, probably should be getting talked about a bit more uh, after a solid rookie season and, and examining kind of w- the draft capital and how high the team is on him.
0: You know, I, 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 I still hold <clears> – <throat> probably wrongfully, but I still hold it against uh, Sam Howell for transferring – or not transferring, but committing to my Florida State Seminoles and then deciding that he's going to go play for North Carolina instead. So I've never been a Sam Howell fan ever sure. since then. And it's wrong that I'm still considering that, but it's in the back of my head. Plus, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett as well. Um, yeah. So I think that there's there's a lot to like there with Dotson. Um, Jordan Travis Heisman bulky? I'm hoping. I don't think it's going to happen, but if he wins the Heisman, it means Florida State probably had a pretty good year. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but, man, he's fun to watch. He is very fun. And I'll tell you what, for FFPC rookie dynasty drafts next year, especially the super flex ones, he is going to be a high pick. He is going Q- to be QB a very classes- high pick.
1: QB class for next year is pretty nasty. I'll the say that four- for dynasty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. The full uh, Caleb Williams, obviously Drake yeah. May, um, plenty, plenty of guys uh, coming out next year. Yeah. The 14 time FFPC league champion Gary Kerr is going to join us in about five minutes here, ladies and gentlemen. He is drafting tonight from the um where uh, eight spot. Excuse me, he's drafting the eight spot. We're going to get to him in a little bit. Um, I, I, before we do, James Cook went tonight, Aiden, at the 802. Dalvin Cook went at the 9.02 to Danny Mueller. Right before this, as I checked the the mojo on him, uh, Dalvin Cook was actually still going ahead of James Cook, although it was razor thin. Dalvin Cook had an ADP of 7.11. James Cook had an ADP of the 8.01. So are you good with James Cook going first tonight? And um, what do you make of Dalvin Cook falling? Is this a commentary on him being in a shared backfield potentially with Brees Hall, should he be falling more or is this the right spot? So a lot of questions there. I'll let you weigh in on them. I
5: think
1: us as fantasy players, the assumption was just up. Dalvin's going to be a dolphin and that mm-hmm. backfield, as much as we like uh, a chain is just kind of, uh, you assume that Dalvin would kind of maintain a very solid workload. Probably not going to happen in New York. That is a running back, uh, by committee. Also as a, a young, uh, young adult myself. I love me some advanced metrics and those advanced metrics are not kind to one Dalvin cook. So um, I know he had a good statistical year last year, but just signs of decline is certainly there. So I was not in on him at all. Certainly not in on him with the jets. Brees hall is also a weird, weird thing. I'm just going to have to see how that all develops. I can't, I'm not going to give a conclusive take uh, on either of them. It's just a very odd spot on James cook. No Damian Harris is there, and I know Latavius Murray's gotten some weird buzz, but Devin Singletary less. James Cook is a better pass catcher than Devin Singletary was, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a chance to to kind of he's grown on me, I'll say that over the last month. As someone who I was like, Yeah, I think he's a solid pick, I think he's a little bit undervalued. We, we always talk about it. we're always trying to hunt out well, who's going to be that. that third kind of fantasy star if there is one behind Allen and Diggs in that Bill's offense obviously Gabe Davis got the buzz last year why can't that be James Cook out of the backfield? I think uh yeah I'm taking him confidently above Dalvin Cook and, and I expect with the training camp buzz that he's already been receiving that I think his ADP gets pushed up into the early seven and sometimes even the sixth round by uh Vegas drafts
0: and and I think, uh, too, when we talk about these pros versus Joes, we only have two more after this. I have not looked at the slow ones, so I don't know what's going on there. But I got to believe that James Cook, and not even just in pros versus Joes, but the fantasy pro championship, the best ball uh, tournament that we have going on, Superflex, like James Cook is going to continue to rise up yeah. towards over his brother. So now is the time to cash in mm-hmm. on James Cook. Ninth round is in the books. Isaiah Pacheco to John Paulson. From four for four, the aforementioned Dalvin Cook 902 selection for Danny Mueller. Uh, trio of uh, quarterbacks here. Actually, this was the round that the most quarterbacks went off the board. Anthony Richardson to Doug Ort, the backup Kirk Cousins to a Tunga Bailoa goes to Tyler Holder here tonight at the 904. No Tyreek Hill, no Jalen Waddell on that team. Interesting. Dak Prescott will be backing up Geno Smith for Mauricio Gutierrez. Zay Flowers off the board, another good pick for Barr and Jackson there at the 906. Samaje Pirine is the number three running back drafted by Patrick M. McDowell, followed by Tyler Higby, the first tight end that Gary Kerr has drafted tonight. Zach Charbonnet and A.J. Dillon to the Goat District and Gary Knight, respectively. Daniel Jones backing up Joe Burrow for Jim Coventry at the 911 pick. And then Conquo, the second tight end drafted, by uh tiller clowns that's brian covert he is the first team to go with two tight ends tonight after he said he wanted to go with one in the 6th did didn't see any value there he finds one in the seventh and david and joku and now he gets chig a in the ninth okay zach charbonnet let's talk about him here um when we looked at the news today by the way zach charbonnet to to the uh to the goat district um Tonight, that's um the and the defending champs, so you really can't. I'm not going to criticize any of their picks because who am I to criticize when they are defending the belt from last year? But the Charbonnet pick, I think, is interesting here. So as we look at the news on him, this according to uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN, uh, Charbonnet is out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. Again, DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh, we would think are going to be the top running backs in there until these guys, or at least one of them, gets healthy. Um, Pete Carroll, while it, it made it sound like um, uh, Ken, Kenneth Walker could be out a decent amount of time um, Charbonnet might actually have the longer timeline According to Pete Carroll And Pete Carroll is like, my God, you could be half dead Or just got hit by three buses And they will say, oh, we we love the progress he's making We hope to have him available on Sunday So if anytime he is negative Or just kind of lukewarm on a player injury Fells are going off in my head It's red flags all over the place Um, he's a rookie as well, which we have to take into account. Um, But So this is interesting here. Charbonnet, as I look at the mojo of where he normally goes prior to this announcement, which honestly came out probably about an hour or so before we went on the air tonight, he was going at the 9.08, running back 35. He actually doesn't fall that much tonight, Uh, 9.09, running back 34. Should he have fallen further to the GOAT district overdraft Charbonnet, or are we making too much of these injuries, Aiden?
1: Uh, the, the the Seahawks sign Alex Collins. If he's not already on the roster, tweet is going to hit different. Um,
0: Did they really, or are you just making a joke? No,
1: Alex I Alex? I just think it would be funny. It's anytime a Seahawks and, and then, No, I tell you, the first,
0: uh, you know who comes to my mind first? Marshawn Lynch on yeah, a plane to Seattle back. right now.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure he could be fine. I'm surprised he didn't drop more because I think you summarized it beautifully. It's just, as you said, B. Carroll's pretty... Holds his uh, cards very close to the chest. It's just mm-hmm. uh, pretty, like, indefinitely is a scary word. And beyond, even if he is maybe ready for early on in the season, he's a rookie, right? It's that it's going to yeah. take some ramp up here. He's missing out on valuable training camp time. I think he should have dropped more. I can understand. I just think i mean to be, to be honest Balky, if you just flip their picks and it's a chain right there and and charbonnet in the 10th you probably just you feel a little bit better about yourself just with the even just a little drop but no i i just don't like it i just that, that's awful analysis by me i just i don't like the situation i don't like the i, I the walker value because there's just the reports or it might be minor it's a little just more reassuring to me the the charbonnet as you said just it doesn't doesn't seem good, and it was such a very random, uh, just a Sunday night news drop out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, the Seahawks are missing not one, but two running backs for yeah. the time, just out of nowhere, and, and fantasy owners are like, "What?" <laughs> but yeah, I'm surprised he didn't drop more.
0: Uh, yeah, Rich, Bill, you uh, just chiming in too. This is the, this is the elephant in the room. I remember drafting Sean Alexander. That's another good one. You know, as far as Kurt Warner, if you want to take it back about fifteen years prior to that, that's another. Someone said one. Chris, Carson. This is a cr- oh, Chris, Chris Carson. Oh, Chris Carson. Oh, that's another. Chat. That's, Not me, Chris Carson. That's classic. A great name. Who said the Chris Carson? We got to give him credit on that one. Chris God, Carson. I can scroll
1: it. up. It was a while. I think it was on during our Walker conversation.
0: Oh God, it was, it was that long ago. Well, I feel bad that we missed out on that. But yeah, Chris Carson is a great poll. Um, Another great poll for us. We're going to go out to him right now. Our next guest here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Drafting from the eighth spot tonight, you know, Farrell Elliott gave me a bunch of garbage that I wasn't putting out good hors d'oeuvres in the green room tonight. So the sardines are gone. We got crab toast in there. We got grilled oysters in there. Uh, we got figs in a blanket. Gary Kerr has been snacking on all of them as he uh, thinks back on his 14 FFPC league wins tonight. And joining us for the first time in about a month or so here on the HSFF Hour, it is the incomparable Gary Kerr drafting from the eight spot tonight. Gary, welcome in, man. How are you guys? We're doing excellent. How, how are you doing? More importantly, uh, you're about to be on the clock. Um, yeah. and, and I guess we'll we'll break this down here. Um, for the for the viewers while you look at what pick you're going to make. But you already have three running backs on your team. You already have four receivers. You got the stud quarterback and Lamar Jackson here in the third round. You went back-to-back tight ends in the ninth and tenth. You waited on tight end until the ninth. You went yep. back-to-back, which is what I always like if you wait on tight end here. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, as Patrick and McDowell are about to make their pick, can you tell us a little bit about what you're thinking here in the 11th round, sir?
5: Well, I normally wouldn't take a second quarterback this early, especially taking Lamar Jackson as early as I did. But because I don't like a whole lot of what's here right now, I think I might wrap up a second quarterback and probably not take another one the
0: rest of the way. Um, Give me one second here. So he's got Lamar Jackson viewers. Um, If you can look at team uh, eight tonight, Lamar Jackson went off the board at the three oh eight tonight to Gary Kerr as his fourth quarterback. Um, I'm looking at the board right now and I see three teams have already doubled up on quarterback Doug Orth in the three spot, Mauricio Gutierrez in the five spot, and then Jim Coventry in the eleven spot. But if Gary does indeed take a quarterback here, it will be uh, the, he will be the first Joe to double up on quarterbacks tonight after taking Lamar Jackson. And I noticed
5: that, and, and again, it's not typically what I would do, but mm-hmm. there's somebody I'm thinking about in the twelfth um, that oh, I just want to take this early. Okay. Um, so, uh, a buddy of mine who used to be my partner, who doesn't quite do it as much with me anymore, he he was on the phone with me earlier. He re- he's usually right about his instincts, and he really thinks Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a a, a big year in new york um so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our second quarterback um one thing about this draft bulky that i like is just it turned out just to be very balanced so far Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely Um,
5: and you know i feel like i've had more success when i've stayed balanced and been able to pivot you know to any any position so that that's kind of the way i ended up going tonight
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting. And I I kind of talked with Brian about this from from the 12 spot tonight. Is is this something that you, not just in pros versus shows, but main event, fantasy pros, Do you normally like to do something like that where you can, you know, because if you start off with three running backs or four running backs, really difficult to hit on running back value later on. But -hmm. if you remain balanced throughout, again, because of the FFPC starting lineup, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, two flexes and just a single quarterback, you know, you have the opportunity to pounce on a lot of value. Do you feel like that has been the secret to your success over the years? Uh, More so recently, yeah.
5: I I really tried to go heavy running back a couple of years ago, which was kind of the popular approach in best ball, and it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've kind of pivoted since then, and I've been really going more on just taking points, you know, at the end of the day, trying to stay balanced, and I've had more success that way.
0: Do you think – and and I know you drafted the fourth quarterback off the board tonight in Lamar Jackson – is he your number four quarterback? Like, had you had the opportunity to draft Josh Allen, would you have taken Allen over Jackson there? Absolutely. We we were gonna. I was again. My buddy
5: was on the phone with me. We were looking at Allen over Jackson, but we were happy to get either one of them.
0: I uh, I got to ask you too. Um, when, when you when you look at um David Montgomery at the seventh uh, as your seventh round pick here. Um, we were talking about Jameer Gibbs earlier, went at the 301, highest I've seen him going in a while. Aiden and I are both of the opinion that he's going to even rise more than that. Is David Montgomery being overlooked by FFPC drafters right now? Because you got him as the 25th running back off the board tonight. Yeah,
5: and, and I was overlooking him for the early part of the year, and I kind of made a, a, a pact with myself that I was going to um, start to draft him more. Mm -hmm. Um, just that offensive line in Detroit is so good. And, and I think that and, and the offense, we were looking at either Connor, um, or Montgomery there and ultimately landed on Montgomery just because of the offense and the, and the offensive line.
0: Uh, you are on the, you are on the clock right now. I'll let you take a look while I, while I recap your team to everybody. Okay. So Aaron Rodgers was the last pick here in the eleventh round. That goes with Lamar Jackson for Gary Kerr's team. So he's got uh, two quarterbacks on a squad. Again, the three running backs we talked about: Eckler, Cam Akers, and David Montgomery. The balance is the name of the game. Three running backs through seven rounds, four wide receivers through eight rounds. Those receivers are Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, and Elijah Moore, a pair of Browns receivers there. Double tap the tight end in the ninth and tenth in Higby and Dulcich, and then obviously Rodgers is the 11th round pick. Uh, you are up right now, Gary. What are you thinking here? I'm going to – I wanted to stack
5: flowers with Jackson, um, but in the absence of being able to do that um, – in the 12th round I, they paid him a lot of money uh, we'll we'll see if, uh, if if that I mean what did I get him is wide receiver what here Bob? 57,
0: 57 57 Odell Beckham yeah. yep
5: yeah so it, yeah so go ahead go ahead no, I was going to say that that's kind of what I had my eye on last round but I didn't want to do it until the 12th. So
0: Where where do you stand Gary just sort of on the Ravens pass catchers in general? Cuz obviously you took Lamar Jackson in in the 3rd round. So we know you like him. Mark Andrews went super early tonight. He was uh 204. So we'll we'll throw him out of the conversation but we bring up the receivers in Bateman and Flowers and Beckham. You take Beckham tonight. Where do you sort of stand on on, on these on these Ravens receivers? Is this a position that you want to grab, you know, decent shares of each one of these Three, or are you targeting more, um, you know, one over the other in your drafts going forward?
5: It, it's it's more, um, Flowers and Beckham for me. I just think Bateman can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of counting on Todd Munkin, uh, as the new offensive coordinator there, throw, throwing the ball more.
0: You had Amari Cooper on your squad in the fourth round, you did not get Watson, but you still drafted Elijah Moore in the eighth round. Can you speak a little bit to? Uh, of what, how big the Browns' offense is going to be this year, given that you invested Cooper and Moore on this team.
5: Yeah, and 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 as a Bengals fan, uh, taking Browns you know. and Ravens has been very difficult for me tonight. Um, <laughs> but try, trying to stay objective, and I really think both of the I think the AFC North is the best division in football. I really do. Um, and I think they're going to have to score a lot of points. It's not like the old days where it was all about All about defense. Um, I noticed that Moore went in the eighth in all three of the prior pros versus Joes. Um, Normally, I think he's been going more in the ninth round, but uh, after getting Cooper in the fourth, which I haven't been able to do a lot this year, so I was happy to do that. I wanted to grab Moore. I knew he wouldn't make it back to me in the ninth.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he has creeped up, uh, or crept up, I should say, in the FFPC best ball tournament over the last three days. He now finally is in an eighth round pick, but it's at the eight twelve. So he's basically still that 8-9 turn. And I got to believe that the Pros versus Joes has had an impact on the ADP. With respect to at Tupac or on Twitter, Pros versus Joes sets the ADP. Love the Higby Dulcich here turn, or not turn, but the back-to-back picks here. You wait on tight end until round nine and you still get two guys that could be catching a lot of passes this year, Gary. I,
5: I was so happy when they were both there. Um, you, know, I, I noticed that some. I think there was one person in front of me. Yeah, it was when uh, it was when Danny Mueller was up in the ninth. I was thinking he's gonna take a tight end here. He's gonna take a tight end here. So when Higby made it back to me, and then I was looking at either Chig or Dulcich, um, or even Dulc- even Dal- uh, Dalton Schultz, if uh, mm-hmm. if both of those guys had been gone. Um, I'm not a big Dalton Kincaid fan. I I just think as a rookie, I think he's going to have a role, but I think Dawson Knox is still, still going to do a lot there in Buffalo.
0: Yeah. And Dawson Knox is, I mean, he's the blocker, right? So he's going to be out there in a lot of plays this year. Uh, It's weird because I always thought Gary, and maybe you can speak to this as well. I thought Kincaid like would be drafted much higher than he is not necessarily in pros versus Joe's, but Mm -hmm. in the fantasy pro championship, the main event, I'm surprised he's still wallowing here in like the 10th round.
5: Yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of smart fantasy players just stay away from those rookie tight ends, you know, for the most part.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. And I think that makes a a lot of sense. And quite frankly, who am I to disagree with you? You've got 14 (laughs) league titles under your belt and the FFPC. This could be number 15. And if it's number 15, you will win a 2024 FFPC main event where you can gun for that $1 million grand prize next year for free. I wish you all the best of luck in uh, trying to win that million dollar grand prize this year in the main event, Gary. Thank you so much for uh, carving out a little time for us tonight as you try to draft this juggernaut. Great draft so far. Good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Gary Curry, ladies and gentlemen, dropping a uh, dropping by here on the FFPC High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour coverage of the Pros versus Joe's Challenge. Once again, one of these teams will be walking away with a free entry into the 2024 FFPC main event. We normally don't broadcast the high-stakes fantasy football hour on Sunday nights. Um, In case you are wondering, this is a regular show that we do. We do it Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Normally airs on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook for all the FFPC uh, uh, social channels. On-demand streaming available basically anywhere you get podcasts. So make sure you're checking out that as well. We'll be live again tomorrow night. More to come on that at the end of the program. We are through 12 rounds. Aiden LaCory, let's take you through the 12th round. Jared Goff is backing up Justin Herbert for Brian Covert. Irv Smith backing up Juwan Johnson. Once again, Jim Coventry. Did not take a tight end until the 11th round, but he double taps it, too, to get back-to-back in Johnson and Smith, the two most popular names in the United States, I think. Uh, Jamal Willi- or, excuse me, Darnell Mooney going after Jamal Williams to Gary Knight here in the 10 spot. Cole Komet is the second tight end drafted by the Goat District. You already heard the Beckham pick from Gary Kerr. Then you're core and, and uh, you're looking at uh, Tank Bigsby as the fourth running back drafted by Patrick and McDowell, who are about to be on the clock again. Barr and Jackson take Nico Collins in the 12th round, followed by... Dawson Knox to uh, Mauricio Gutierrez. Romeo Dobbs, the Packers receivers, the 59th receiver drafted tonight at the 1209. Taysom Hill will back up Darren Waller for Doug Orth. Derek Carr at the uh, 1211 tonight, backing up Jalen Hurts or Danny Miller. And Tyler Boyd, the fifth receiver drafted in the last seven rounds for John Paulson after he went with a heavy tight end running back quarterback start in the first five rounds tonight and i guess that's where i'll leave it here aiden when you look at john paulson's squad here you often don't see um an ffpc team ignore the receiver position until the end of the sixth round but because paulson did it it made his team pretty exciting here kelsey and kittle two top six tight ends patrick mahomes he gets the chief stack which was super valuable last year mahomes and kelsey and he gets uh, an electrifying running back with unlimited upside. At least that's what we've been told in Jameer Gibbs. And one of my favorite running backs, Aaron Jones tonight, as the first running back drafted in the fifth round, 15th overall. I like John Paulson's start, and he's peppering in all these receivers again. And I still think that there's a lot to be said in the best ball format when you can get all these receivers. You only have to start two. Man, you can get Lockett, Evans, Michael Thomas, Rondale Moore, Boyd, Lazard. Two of those guys should have hit every week.
1: He's, uh, he's doing the right strategy. If you're going to go a start of, in your first five rounds, two running backs, two tight ends, and a quarterback, then you just hammer receivers of the draft. The only thing I would have liked is in this range, I think he, at least the last couple of picks for sure, uh, I'm shooting for lottery tickets because that way you need a big spike. Because I don't know if Boyd and Lazard are, are really going to get you there when you kind of have this deficiency at receiver. I'm not on Mike Evans. I don't trust that Buccaneers offense. Michael Thomas is obviously scary. Who knows how he can stay healthy? Although I will say Mike Mike Thomas to me is still a little bit tantalizing because I know he was hurt again. But those two, mm-hmm. two games, it was just two that he was healthy and healthy-ish. And playing last year, he looked good. He, he put up good numbers. Uh, had a couple of touchdowns opening week. It's just that talent is still there. It's just can this man ever get right health-wise? But, again, if you're this build I think can be done. Successfully, I think it's been proven to have done successfully. It's just you really got to hit on your receivers late, and just from a personal preference, I would be shooting. It's really just the last two, and that's not going to make or break his draft by any means. But right. I'm just shooting for absolute upside versus Tyler Boyd and Lazard, who are probably locked in as wide receiver threes on their team, and maybe here and there. But it, I, I didn't love those two picks. I do like Ron. There's a lot of there's a lot of positive Ron Dale Moore buzz out there on the uh, the old fantasy fantasy Twitter um about his fantasy
0: x can we call it fantasy x or is it still fantasy twitter it's
1: it for me it's going to take a while it's fantasy twitter and okay fantasy x it's it it doesn't have the same ring to it
0: It yeah yeah i don't know like fantasy twitter to me has been so like when it, it has such a negative um, connotation over the years, <laughs> and that's just like Fantasy X is almost an improvement. Oh yeah, i'll check out what they're saying on Fantasy X right now. Fantasy yeah. Twitter is like, oh my god, you
1: know, Fantasy Twitter. Fantasy Twitter is uh you think you're in Fantasy Twitter, and then you start working for the FFPC, and you, through the FFPC account, you see, oh, this is this is <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> Twitter.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh my, it's, it's a different breed is, for sure.
1: There, there is a Jalen Warren like fan club that that. Yeah. That oh yeah. Really oh, awesome. that's just the most example. random
0: players. Um, Speaking of fantasy Twitter, you follow this guy on on fantasy Twitter. At Doug Orth, he writes for FF underscore today on Fantasy X slash fantasy Twitter. He's been playing 20 plus years of high stakes fantasy football. Never had a losing season. He's already got the Kings Classic Championship under his belt. Please welcome back onto the program. At Doug Orth on Twitter, it's Doug Orth. Doug, welcome in, man.
7: Guys, thanks for having me
0: it's our pleasure uh how is the draft going for you you're about to come up in the in the 14th round here how's the draft been going for you from the three hole tonight man not at all what i was expecting but i kind of low-key love it <laughs> low-key love it i love it. so we talked about this in the first round for you doug um why was it cup for you over chase why is why is why like i don't know if this is like a uh portfolio thing or 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 what have you, but can you tell us a little bit about why Cup was the right pick for you over Jamar Chase at the
7: three? Yeah, I've had you guys on the whole time here. Uh, actually, I had nothing to do with Joe Burrow uh, being hurt. Oh, okay. I, I don't. Uh, we're six weeks away from that happen from the mm-hmm. regular season. I think I had I had a calf strain of my own years ago. I'm not saying that mine and his are the same, but. <laughs> uh he is he's a pro athlete he can mm-hmm. he's got the best of best of training he, he'll he'll be back in probably four weeks i would imagine I, as long as he gets a week or so for practice he should be fine got my cooper cup pick basically um he's been points per game he's been the leading scorer leading receiver score the last two years FFPC. so no reason to expect that to change or change much and uh i don't know i i I did chase his projection last night, and I tried to tried to juice him up a little bit, but I, I couldn't get him past cup. So,
0: mm. and and it makes sense then. I mean, you're you're drafting based on your projections. What did your projections tell you about Jonathan Taylor, a guy who normally doesn't make it to the 210? He made it to the 210 for you tonight. Can you tell us a little bit what you were thinking? What was going through your head when you're drafting in the second round, seeing Taylor still there this late?
7: Guys, I, I wanted I wanted to go receiver heavy here. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it pissing yellow? Right. I wanted to piss. Yep. Yellow, pissing right. yellow. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, did not expect Taylor. Um, just and yeah, look, I, I'm I'm sure the reason he dropped this far was because him, him and the owner. Uh, I don't need you. You don't need me. No one will remember us. That type of thing. So, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Wild. But the way I see it, he, he's he's going to play. At worst, he's got. The the dual threat of uh, you know Anthony Richardson uh, next to him if he stays with Colts which he probably will and if he mm-hmm. doesn't he's going to be the number one back wherever he goes and it's probably going to be a better situation than in Indianapolis. Talking with uh,
0: Doug Orth here from FF Today on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour coverage of FFPC Pros versus Joe's number four. Let me ask you about uh, Damian Pierce here. Now, when when I look at his ADP, normally at the 609, normally the running back 22, you got him here tonight as running back 21 at the 610. So basically right at ADP value. You think FFPC players are sleeping on him based on how he did last year and the fact that they brought aboard a a guy in Devin Singletary that Quite frankly, is always underwhelmed
7: over the course of his career. Yeah, not, I would I would hate to believe it's just because of Singletary. Um, that, but for what fourteen weeks he was a stud. People people love dropping him in the fourth round, or at least of maybe not an FFPC, but like love dropping him in the fourth, fifth round last year. He went up, lived up to the hype for the most part. Now we come back this year. He's dropped two rounds, and why? Because of Singletary. Singletary was. Look, I, I don't I don't uh <laughs> uh I'm not overly scared of, of Singletary, but the mm-hmm. reason I'm really optimistic about Pierce is because that San Francisco inspired running game should be just what Doctor ordered as far as as far as he's concerned. Hey, look, that offense last year, um uh, Pep Hamilton, I believe, was the O C he loves running the ball, but he does not none of his offenses have ever particularly run the ball well. Now you bring in an like in like the forty nine out forty nine or outside zone running game, Pierce can do that. Pierce has got the vision. Pierce has got the explosion to do that.
0: Doug Orth, um, you are on the clock right now here, um, and and just to recap, everybody. While Doug takes a look at his board, um, he's got two quarterbacks and cousins and Richardson. He's got two tight ends. In Waller and Taysom Hill, a bunch of receivers, Cup, DJ Moore, Pittman, Jamison Williams, Rice, Mingo are all on his roster. Darren Waller and uh, I mentioned uh, Waller and Hill are the tight ends. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce are the three running backs. This will be his 14th round pick here. Doug, take us through your mind right now. What are you considering and what are you doing?
7: Well, we were talking about Pierce. Pierce is the last time I've drafted a running back. It's about time I get back to that. I wanted to touch on the receivers too. I, I, I had to make sure uh, Farrell and uh, and uh, Turp would have been happy, so I <laughs> made sure I went Rice with to please the Chief contingent, right? And then I went Mango to to make uh, Turp happy. I'm going to hmm. go running back here, and hopefully, this is the first of two.
0: Kendry Miller. So Kendry Miller is the 52nd running back off the board. At the 1410, what can you tell us? What you like about Miller, a guy who's playing in the same offense as uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Jamal Williams?
7: So, well, first, let's let let's just assume that Kamara's going to be gone four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. But Miller is a more complete back than Jamal Williams. I'm trying to trade Jamal Williams in the one Dynasty League I have him in, and to, to no avail, obviously. <laughs> but um, Kendra Miller has some under, underrated receiving skills. I think he could end up I'm not gonna say he's gonna be a problem for Camara, but I can see where I can see where the Saints want that to be a 50-50 backfield. They've been putting too much on Camara's plate as far as the running game here the last couple of years. And Miller's got the explosiveness to, to do something with the ball. So um so I'm gonna I'm shooting for the, the first four to six games, but I'm there's there's definitely upside for
3: more.
0: Doug Orth from FFToday.com, once again on the clock here on the turn now at the 15.03. He did hit the running back position again here in the 14th round, as you just heard. Kendra Miller, his pick there at the 14.10 to go along with Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, and Damian Pierce. Now you're on the clock here again, and and it's tough for me to say, oh, you should go this way, you should go this way, you should go that way, you should go that way. It's tough because you have a pretty balanced squad here, Doug. What take us through your mind right now? In in uh, how are you coming to this decision at the fifteen oh three?
7: Well, let me make the pick here first, and then I'll get to my logic here. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Jerome Ford, running back fifty four tonight. Fifteen oh three, the Cleveland Browns running back, the presumed backup to Nick Chubb there, and I guess maybe that's that's what makes him so attractive there. Is this is an injury away type guy here, Doug?
7: Definitely, definitely. So I'm. I think the lazy analysis would tell you that this is going to be the the next cream hunt. I, I don't think he's going to be the next cream hunt. What I do think is he he is going to spell Chubb on on third downs, and just like he said, he's the one one guy away. And you look at you look at that Browns offense. Okay, so now you got the mobile, good passing threat in Deshaun Watson. You got probably one of the top three offensive lines. One one thing happens. Let's just say, say this. I I think there's going to be standalone value regardless. And one thing happens to Chubb, and Chubb's missed games. I, he's been in the league five years, I believe, six years. I think he's missed games, at multiple games in four of them. Um, uh, Yeah, so he, I don't want anything to happen to Chubb because I've got some Chubb in some dynasty leagues. I don't want anything to happen to him. But if something does, Ford is set up for big time success.
0: Doug, you also had the low-key stack here in the mid-rounds where you drafted Michael Pittman in the seventh, and then you grabbed Anthony Richardson in the ninth. Did the Pittman presence on your team affect the fact that you took Richardson over guys like, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Tua Tunga by Loa. or was this just a happy accident? Like, hey, I like Richardson. I'm going to draft him. Oh, even better, I got Pittman on my team.
7: Yeah, well, what I was trying to avoid was the triple triple Indianapolis Colts stack of Taylor, or Pittman, and Richardson. Oh, and Richardson. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> uh, having said that, yeah, I wanted I wanted the the safe floor that Kirk Cousins provides. He's usually what top ten, top twelve, just about every year, right? And let's, let's sprinkle in some of that 800, 900 yard ups, rushing upside with Richardson. The weeks he hits, he's going to hit big. And in the weeks that he doesn't, I've got Kirk Cousins to give me that nice little 20-point game or, you know, 22 20, 20, point game.
0: Doug, final question for you. I, I think um, that one of the more polarizing questions I've asked people um, over the course of the last couple of months, especially now the last couple of weeks with the NFL getting training camp underway and the Kansas city chiefs, obviously doing that, you know, Kadarius Tony is, is going to be missing some time. And, and there are people saying, Oh, it's the, it's the sky more um, sophomore leap. That, that, that's what's going to happen this year. Oh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. He's going to catch all the big plays and Travis Kelsey is going to get underneath. There's no value in the receivers here. And then there's other people saying, watch out for Rasheed Rice here, the rookie and you get him. At the 11 tonight, 53rd wide receiver off the board. Can you tell us a little bit about your expectations for not only Rasheed Rice, but what's going to take place uh, among fantasy production for the Kansas City wideouts this year?
7: Well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I really w- was hoping that uh, Tony was going to slip to me. You know, Tony was going to slip to me in the 10-12 round range. But, of course, you know, number two being the good player that he is, mm-hmm. uh, didn't let him slip. My, my thing with Rice is this. The the one thing that the Chiefs don't have with MBS, with Tony with more is a contested catch guy who can you know go up and get it a, a really good guy in the a good receiver in the red zone you know obviously I said receiver because you know Kelsey's the man in, in the red zone but a, a good wide room wide good red zone wide receiver um, and Rice Rice has that special ability to play the ball in the air so. Here again, I'm not counting on him for much, but if he ends up being that big slot that I think that's what they wanted when they drafted him, then we got something.
0: You do have something at that point. You also get a couple of exciting guys in in Brookies we already talked about in Kendra Miller and then Jonathan Mingo, too, which I like that pick at the 1303. Some upside there as well. A lot of upside. On, on Doug Orr's squad, and why wouldn't there be? The guy has not lost any money in 20-plus years of playing high-stakes fantasy football. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Orth. Check out all his work at fftoday.com. Hey, congratulations on, on the Kings Classic Championship, Doug. We will have you back on this show, on these airwaves. Once again, I'm sure good luck the rest of the way, man.
7: Appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: Doug Orth at Doug Orr on Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, Doug. Guy who is a very talented high-stakes drafter, as a lot of these people are, if not all of them, in the draft tonight. Uh, let's get through the 15th round here. Uh Aiden Kyler Murray is going to be backing up Patrick uh, Mahomes to John Paul or for John Paulson squad at four for four.com. Michael Gallup to Danny Mueller. Jerome Ford was the pick. Uh, that Doug Worth made on the air here. One of them, Trey McBride backing up TJ Hawkinson to Tyler Holder. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones off the board of wide receiver 71. Now, he's climbed up a little bit. We'll talk about him in a second at the 1505. Then a little tight end run here. Isaiah Likely to Jason Barr and Joe Jackson. Hunter Henry off the board to Patrick and McDowell. And then Hayden Hurst to Gary Coor as his number three Tight end, Devin Singletary is the number six running back drafted by the GOAT District. Remember, they did not take any running backs until round seven. Cordero Patterson off the board to Gary Knight. Michael Mayer to Jim Coventry from Rotowire. And then Brock Purdy just creeping up, 15, 12. You know, okay, I'm going to make a horrible reference here, and it's just sort of to break the monotony. Um, Aiden, have you ever seen the G.I. Joe um, retaliation movie with The Rock?
1: I'm intrigued where we you're going because I ha- I have. Yeah.
0: Okay, you remember the scene where him and oh, it was the woman from Friday Night Lights, she was in the, the new Broken Lizard movie, um, Quasi, I can't think of her name, Adrian Pilecki, she oh, was yeah. in there and then I can't remember the guy's name, the other soldier, and they're in the well right after they got bombed, and uh-huh. then after, they have to wait for Cobra to leave and then they're sort of like using, they're pinned against each other's backs and they're creeping up that that well, one step at a time to crawl yes. out of the well. That's Brock Purdy right now. That's Brock Purdy. He's he's not going to be a fast riser, but he just keeps that little inkling, that little one step at a time, and he keeps moving up in drafts. Brock Purdy now entering the fifteenth round tonight to there's uh, many better movies you
1: chosen. Like there's What's so a better many...
0: reference than that? You saw the movie. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's like you could have been like reference.
1: you could have pulled out like Dark Knight Rises, like. Like, Bruce no, Dewayne I can't. No, I cannot do
0: that. That's if that's no, I can't. It's totally different because in Dark Knight Rises, all he had to do was make that one jump and it was easy, he was out. Yeah, Purdy, he's climbing out of the pit, he's climbing out of the pit, but he's not doing it. This little incremental steps sure. Pur, Purdy is going out of the incre- increment now. Now, uh, Christian Bale in, in uh, Dark Knight Rises, that's more of like, uh you know, DJ Dallas or, or Kenny McIntosh <laughs> after the Seattle news today, that could be a Christian Bale. No, that guy is, guy. that is,
1: that is generic Prince and Justin Ross. Cause oh, Chiefs, that's,
0: that's yeah, that's a good the point. He's going
1: to keep point. feeding me all of those, uh, those videos of them in training camp blowing out. And even though it's 99% of chance, it's fool's gold. I am buying every share of those two guys I can get.
0: Who, I can't remember who made the reference in pro. I think it was pros versus Joe's last week. Somebody said, you know, Prince is, is, you know, in, in drafts this year, we're starting to treat him like we treated Isaiah Pacheco yeah. in drafts last year, where Pacheco was sort of like an afterthought, and then he he, he gets chosen. And then when we got to Vegas, he was going a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens with Prince. I don't know what's going to happen there. Very interesting. Uh, Michael Mayer, the third tight end drafted by Jim Coventry here from Rotowire. And I got to ask you here, at the at 15-11, the I know he's a rookie, and I know he was the second tight end off the board um, mm-hmm. in, in the NFL draft. i I still think there's a lot to like there and and maybe the fact that adams and jacoby myers are such target hogs that's pushing him down a little bit but god i think you could do a lot worse as your third tight end than michael mayer
1: i uh i think the gap between meyer and kincaid should be way closer that's just Mm a a, i i understand but you're looking at the draft capital I, I said it before, it's just the Bills sometimes I just wonder is maybe they're just a, a kind of like a two-horse offense in terms of fantasy purposes, right? We've we kind of always been waiting on someone else to break out. You hear about it, and it just hasn't happened. I know they invest in Kincaid. I think both have those common rookie tight end uh, concerns. Mm-hmm. But Michael Meyer, I think, was the most talented tight end in college uh, that was draft eligible. Brock Bowers is obviously the most talented tight end. But I, I loved him coming out of Notre Dame. I love the fit. Uh, I think they're going to pepper him with targets, and I, I always talk about right. Jimmy Garoppolo is good at one thing, and he's excellent at it. And that is like the short, short, like the seven to ten yards. That's it. That's where he's money, right? And those, days yeah. essentially, that that short, short game. I guess I'm butchering these words to describe it, but that's what he's elite at. The not accurate on the deep ball. He's not mobile, but he he will hit you right in the numbers if you just run a quick. uh, quick five-yard route, seven-yard route, and I think that's where Meyer's going to eat uh, for that Raiders offense. Um, I know it's just pure speculation and essentially me just doing kind of uh, not tabloid fodder, but there are, there are there's rumors bubbling of those Adams contending in Las Vegas. Could they mm-hmm. look to move him? There's just always those things, and I think, yeah, he's a rookie, but I thought Meyer watching him at Notre Dame looked NFL ready, and, and, and I think that translates. I think the gap between him and Kincaid should be closer, and by that, it's probably a little lower on Kincaid, but As you said, for a third tight end, I think it's a great
0: pick. 16th round is complete as well. Chuba Hubbard to uh, Brian Covert. DJ Chark off the board as the number six receiver to Jim Coventry. Noah Fant joining Jake Ferguson and Kyle Pitts in the tight end room for Gary Knight. Marvin Mims off the board as the number six receiver drafted by the defending overall pros versus Joe's champs. Uh, That's the GOAT district. Dan Williamson, Theo Greminger, and John Daniel. Leonard Fournette. Uh, Not on a team yet except for in the pros versus Joe's number four draft because he is on Gary Coors' team. Sam Howell joining Trevor Lawrence and Kenny Pickett as the quarterbacks for Patrick and McDowell from RotoViz and Dynasty League Football, respectively. A couple of interesting receivers here. Khalil Shakir to Barr and Jackson. Puka Nakua, the rookie going to Mauricio Gutierrez from Asadio Fantasy. Matthew Stafford, the third quarterback drafted after Tua Tungabailoa and Jordan Love to Tyler Holder. Zamir White, third straight running back drafted by Doug Orth. Richie James and Curtis Samuel wrap up round 16, a very interesting round 16. Richie James to Danny Mueller, Curtis Samuel to John Paulson. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the um, – let's see, where do I want to go first here? Let's go with Puka Nakua to Mauricio Gutierrez. Um, wide receiver 75 at the sixteen oh eight. You know, I drafted him late in, in a lot of my rookie drafts this year, Aiden, and I, I think it was because I didn't really see a whole lot of competition for targets after Cooper Cup in Los Angeles. And I know Higby's going to get his, and I know there's some some decent amount of Van Jefferson fans out there as well. But I look at Pukunukua, and I know he's a rookie, but he's a polished rookie, and I think he's, he's very intriguing in a best ball format like this to get him as the 75th wide receiver off the board, to go on Gutierrez's team, whereas he's his number seven receiver. Like, you're not counting on big numbers for this guy, but you could get some steady production here.
1: Van Jefferson fans is like an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. uh,
0: (laughs) Would they be fans? Van Jefferson fans? Fans.
1: Vans fans, the uh, Vans, I don't nothing know. Beats when you're a, like, uh, as my, my when you're a marketing and media coordinator and, and social media is just trying out a bunch of ideas. And I was so excited to present, like, me and the Terp collab just did a little, like, all like preseason hype team last year, and then got like three likes. And I just remember, like, yeah, oh, that was. <laughs> I was all excited. But Puka, he he would be on this year's list so far because the training camp buzz is immense for him. And that's really all that's really all I can gather. I mean, it was beyond even though just the start of this training camp, you're talking about rookie OTAs and all that stuff. And he was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this guy, they love him. So I think there's some value there. He's if you're drafting a Rams receiver, not named Cooper Cup, he's the guy. I don't think any of the other ones are even really worth the spot because personally, I just don't think they have any upside whatsoever. I don't think a lot of them are good. Cooper Cup's going to get so many. He's just going to be peppered. Higby will have his, but I think there's an opportunity if, I mean.
0: And, I and like when it's draft like, draft. It's, a, it's a first versus last type draft, you know, like yeah. is is he's a little bit more exciting here than he would be in a fantasy pros championship draft or even an FFPC main event draft. It's just,
1: it's just a, I I'm I was, I kind of zoned out because I'm trying to think back since McFay has been there, I can't tell you, you don't often hear about hype out of Rams camp, and it doesn't deliver, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually pretty – I know Cam Akers. I wouldn't say Cam Akers had a ton of hype. That was just a weird uh, – after the first game, you're like, oh, what do we have here? But right. they, because it's always been a Cooper Cup and then Robert Wood show for the longest time. You don't really get – a like Tutu owl, right, second-round pick, you never heard the buzz that Naku was getting, right? It was just right. he kind of faded into irrelevancy the moment he got there. So I think you you I think it does matter. You don't usually hear this much positive buzz, and it's resounding. So especially in the sixteenth round, when I know it's a a classic phrasing, but he's he's borderline free, right? It's, you're, you, this is the lottery ticket to really spend on because I think there's a chance, just based on the buzz, you might have something here.
6: You might
0: have something, and we definitely have something here as we go back out to the Joe Cam drafting from the six spot tonight we already heard from joe jackson and his son tonight let's go to the other half of that ffpc joe's team it is jason Barr joining us right now on the program from the six spot i know you're coming up on a pick jason thanks for joining us but how do you
6: how do you like the team so far hey i appreciate you guys having us thanks for letting the other half of the uh the team join so far so good uh We didn't come into this expecting to go, you know, RB heavy early on Mm -hmm. three in the first six rounds. But, you know, you got to take what the draft gives you sometimes. And so we're trying to make the best of it now. Very excited about the Zeke likely picks Uh, that may end up sounding really foolish. But right now, (laughs) I like that a lot.
0: Can you tell us like, let's let's take these one at a time. Um, Well, number one, you're you're on the clock right now. So we'll get to that to Likely and and Zeke in a little bit. And to refresh everybody's mind here, what Jason Barr and Joe Jackson have done from the sixth spot tonight has been Josh Allen, obviously Ryan Tannehill we talked about earlier after they got Hopkins and Burks. It made it seem, you know, Ryan Tannehill playing the role of Thanos tonight. He is inevitable for Barr and Jackson. It happened here uh, with the Titans stack. Then you're looking at McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Receivers are Waddle, Hopkins, Burks, Flowers, Zay Jones, Collins, Valdez, Scantling, and Khalil Shakir, and then Friar, Muth, Schultz, and Likely. Kind of a balanced team, maybe a little bit at, uh, a week at running back. Are you going to go with a running back here, Jason?
6: I think we're going to take one more running back before the draft is over. Uh, whether we take one right here or not uh, is TBD, but... I think we'll definitely need one more before the draft is over. Um, I think right now we've got a few guys queued up. Um, I've got my co-manager who's actually driving uh, the selection right now. Mostly they, they wanted me to join the chat so that they could have full uh, authority over the next pick. And right. so, you know, wh- you know, while, while we're talking, they're going to be making the next pick. So I know who we have queued up. Uh, we're going to be taking another running back shortly, but it may or may not be this next pick.
0: Okay, so Devonte Parker was the pick here. You got two more chances to take a running back. We'll see what you do there. Let's get into the to the Elliott and Likely picks that you liked. So McCaffrey, Hall, and Walker. No other running backs until round fourteen. You grab Elliott there at the fourteen oh seven. Tell us what a little bit about why you like that pick so much there.
6: Yeah. So the idea with Zeke is that it seems almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to sign somewhere and he's going to siphon goal line carries away from whoever, uh, whatever backfield he joins. And so, you know, when you're picking in the 14th round, uh, we're not expecting the Zeke of old. What we're expecting is for Zeke to fall into the end zone six to eight times. Uh, And then if you get two to three starts out of him, uh, you know, as a result of that, then I feel pretty good about that with the 14th.
0: And and it makes sense why you'd like Elliott at that point based on how your team construction went. Now you already had Fryar Muth and Dalton Schultz, two guys that could catch a lot of passes in the, uh, on the respective teams here in Pittsburgh and Houston. But Isaiah Likely here, guys playing behind Andrews. Why do you like Likely in the mid fifteen?
6: Yeah. So the thing about Likely is that I think he has a great combination of both standalone value and contingent value. And mm-hmm. so I think likely is going to be involved from the jump, even with uh, Mandrews healthy. But if something were to happen to not only Mandrews, but also one of the wideouts, uh, you know, you have OBJ there who is certainly not the pillar of health. I think there are two or three folks in, in that receiving game that could go down, not just Mandrews, and all of a sudden likely becomes Uh, a consistent player and so for us we needed a tight end there and I think likely is exactly the type of player we needed truthfully we wanted Dalton Kincaid we wanted Dawson Knox uh, to pair with Josh Allen and both those guys got sniped a little bit ahead of ADP from you know where we thought we could get them so we were a little let down by missing those guys but likely almost makes up for that
0: I have to ask you, too, given that one of your co-managers was sporting a Josh Allen jersey earlier in the program, um, Khalil Shakir. uh, Why do you guys like uh, Shakir a lot in Buffalo to take a chance on him in the 16th round?
6: Yeah, so Shakir was our our last chance at stacking Allen in any way, shape or form. And, you know, Allen is the type of guy that you can run out there naked, of course, and feel okay about it. But uh, Shakir was our last chance to stack Allen. And, you know, obviously he didn't get a lot of run last year, but mm-hmm. when Shakir did get on the field uh, one week specifically, he, he, was, uh, he was pretty good. And so, you know, at that stage in the draft, it, it has correlation, which is nice. And then also the few, the little bit we saw of Shakir, I, I thought he showed pretty well. So we're just hoping again at that stage, you're, you're getting one or two starts and you're feeling pretty good about it.
0: Um, I have to uh, bring up the fact that you have a couple of Texans on your team in Nico Collins, and you also have uh, Dalton Schultz, who you drafted in the, uh, in the 10th round. Can't really stack them anymore because Stroud's off the board. Were you guys thinking about doing like a weird late round bad football team stack there?
6: Yeah, so it was, it was kind of a coin flip between uh, Tannehill uh, and Stroud. And it was whichever one uh, gets to us, we're okay with. We kind of see them as being interchangeable because we have two Titans as well. Um, not something we recommend necessarily. <laughs> uh, so we're we're, living, we're flying a little close to the sun. But it was between Stroud and Tannehill. Uh, and we just broke a little bit Tannehill's way given that he is a veteran. We at least have some sort of tape uh, in the NFL on Tannehill. So that's where we went. I can't tell you that I'm, I was really fist pumping that pick in that.
0: You don't have to fist pump all of them. Just a few of them. That's <laughs> all it takes. So just a few of them. That's all it takes. Um, speaking of fist pumps, how much are you guys fist pumping here on your last pick? Your fourth tight end off the board. Logan Thomas, a guy that, you know, I've, a lot of stuff I've read, uh, a lot of stuff I've heard. Seems like Logan Thomas could be a, a featured guy in that Washington offense there uh, this year. Tight end 35 at the 1906, your number four tight end tonight. I, you know, I, I don't. I, if I were you, I guess I wouldn't be loving the pick. But man, strong like uh, for Logan Thomas. It sounds like everybody's going crazy for Logan Thomas there right now, Jason.
6: We have some excitement for Logan Thomas. That was actually my my recommended pick before I sat down for the interview. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I mean, look, tight end for us. If you look at our roster, tight end um, needs some depth. Um, we feel good about Muth. We feel good about. Uh, likely. Honestly, Schultz was a little bit of best player available. We mm-hmm. don't love Schultz, but I think he could be a target hog. So Logan Thomas is more or less trying to fill out some depth. Um He's got a lot of tape in the NFL. When he's on the field, he's been relatively effective. But, I mean, listen, we're talking about our 19th pick, and so sometimes you just got to throw Hail Marys and hope one connects, and that's what Logan Thomas is.
0: I definitely could catch a few Hail Marys. Uh, I got to tell you, the the YouTube chat, the Facebook chat, Twitter that's it's been very positive about your uh, your draft tonight, especially like the first you know, nine, 10 rounds, uh, even after that, quite frankly, I'm seeing a lot of people, Oh, nice pick Jason. Oh, nice pick Joe uh, at that point. So I think you guys have formulated a very competitive team and a team definitely capable of taking down the pros versus Joe's, at least league number four, maybe the whole thing. You never know. Uh, but I want to thank you, Jason, for coming on tonight, sharing your knowledge with us. Good luck, not only in PBJ, but in the FFPC main event and trying to win that seven figure grand prize as well. We appreciate you, sir, my, my friend.
6: Eric, thank you so much. FFPC, we love... You guys, and we can't wait for the season to get started. Have a great now,
0: night. You are you are in the same boat as us. We cannot wait. Aiden cannot wait. I cannot wait. Joe Jackson cannot wait. Jason Barr cannot wait. That was Jason Barr drafting at the sixth hole tonight. The FFPC Joe drafting with uh, Joe Jackson tonight uh, as we are coming up on the final round of the FFPC Pros versus Joe's League Number Four tonight. Take you through the nineteenth round. Justin Ross to um, John Paulson from four for four. Paris Campbell for two. Danny Miller. Michael Wilson the rookie out of Stanford, uh, now in Arizona, to Doug Orth. Nicole Hardman, guy who was with the Chiefs a few years back, now he is with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in New York. Tyler Holder, the FFPC Joe, taking him there as his number seven wide receiver. Keontae Ingram, another Cardinal here going to Estadio Fantasies, Mauricio Gutierrez, Logan Thomas, you just heard that pick. Uh, going off the board to Barr and Jackson. Darius Slayton to Patrick and McDowell. Uh, big uh, running back run here. Then Kareem Hunt to Gary Coor. Malik Davis to Dan Williamson. And the Goat District, that is uh, John Daniel and Theo Graminger is there as well. Uh, you can check out their stream of this, by the way. I don't think they're streaming live. I think they are. they are posting it later, so you can check out that anywhere you get podcasts uh of course at the goat district feed as well eric gray to uh, gary knight chase edmonds off the board to jim coventry terrace marshall the final pick of the 19th round to brian covert there as his number let's see what would it be uh seven receiver there as well terrace marshall off the board hey, and what do you think of terrace marshall this year because I, I think the opportunity in carolina is there bryce young obviously the the the, the strapping number one overall pick going to be uh, taking the controls of the offense I'm not a huge feeling guy. I think LaVisca Chanel, that what I've read is he could be cut there. So certainly not a lot to believe in there. I know there's, there's Chark is, is, is there and um, I'm forgetting somebody else. Who's the other receiver Mingo. there? Jonathan, Jonathan Mingo, Mingo. Thank you. Who I actually yeah. do
1: like, but your thoughts on Marshall. Yeah. I mean, I love Jonathan Mingo because I'm a member of hashtag fantasy Twitter. Um, Terrace Marshall. Yeah, sure. Again, lottery ticket. Why not? Someone's going to have to catch passes. Kind of rushing through your question because I am shocked and I know it's I, I respect it because at the FFPC you're getting the best players. These are pros, these are experienced Joes. They don't buy into the training camp hype, but one that I think is deserved that is shocking to me. And now this is going to be hilarious when you're like, Aiden, he went in the 15th round, but I don't think Tink Dell should be getting drafted. Yeah, I, I think he, he has not been drafted yet. In the past, he was undrafted in one of these live uh, pros v Joes. He was one in the 19th and the 20th. Please correct me if he hasn't been drafted, but Every training – he has arguably been the most positive reports I've seen from all of the Texans reporters, um, all of the national reporters who have been at Texans camp. He and Strat have a great connection. I loved him coming out of Houston. I know the size is concerning, but by every account, he has been great in training camp. The opportunities there, I, I just can't see Nico Collins being, being the guy. out. I was expecting to slowly see a rise, even if it's not crazy, but 16th, 17th round. With all this positive buzz, and I'm just shocked. And this is probably because these guys will tell you, "Hey, we've seen this story so many times. We buy into our eye test, our rankings, our projections, rather than uh, a couple of uh, training camp uh, articles and tweets and all that." But my eye test tells you that Tank Dell was great in college, and Tank Dell has been great in uh, in training camp. I think he. It's just shocking to me.
0: Well, you know, the other thing to keep in mind with Tank Dell is allegedly, we don't know how it's, you know much truth there is to this, but it's been reported by multiple outlets that C.J. Stroud wanted the Texans to take Tank Dell in the draft. So obviously if you're the quarterback wants him. You should probably be taking him as well. Um, I, I think that uh, that's interesting that you did you bring that up. And I have seen him go up. I'd have to look at the other FFPC pros versus Joe's boards, but I feel like he has been a 20th round pick. He just goes tonight to yeah. Mauricio Gutierrez, who obviously is listening to us in South America, or I think he's in South America. I'd have to double check where Estadio Fantasy is located out of. Um, but he takes Tank Dell at the at the 2008 tonight. The FFPC Pro. Uh, Gutierrez grabbing Dell so I, th- I think you know I it's one of those things where I don't I'm not necessarily targeting him but I'm with you on the point of I'm surprised he is not going higher yes based on the hype we have seen from him in the FFPC it's all um, relative it's all it's relative. all relative exactly right? yes we're talking about a
1: guy who when we're talking about oh it's hard. it's like at most 16 17th round it's nothing crazy it's just the idea of I really am buying into that. Of all the guys in training camp, we talked about obviously Puka Nakua. I don't understand why Tank Dell is not getting the same buzz.
0: Right. Yeah. I think you're right. 20th round is complete, and so is the draft. We'll take you through the 20th round very briefly here. Brian Covert with Joshua Palmer, Pierre Strong falling to the uh, 2002 tonight to Jim Coventry, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie receiver. Out of Tennessee, now in New York to Gary Knight, Noah Gray, the fourth, uh, beg your pardon, third tight end drafted by Dan Williamson and the GOAT District. Uh, JD and uh, Theo Greminger also teaming up on that squad. Allen Robinson to Gary Coor, Josh Downs to Patrick and McDowell, followed by Zach Moss to Jason Barr, Tank Dell to Mauricio Gutierrez from Estadio Fantasy, Robert Woods to Tyler Holder, and then you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, the third quarterback, to Doug Orth. The Ertz, the penultimate pick of tonight's draft, to Danny Miller is his number four tight end, and Michael Carter, the final pick tonight, to John Paulson from four for four. I just saw; I thought I saw a blurb tonight that he could be the odd man out if the Jets sign Dalvin Cook. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but certainly that makes that Jet that final pick by uh, John Paulson all the more interesting of Michael Carter there. Um I look at Danny Mueller, uh, a guy who's had a lot of success in the FFPC best ball format, Aiden, and mm-hmm. he gets four tight ends here. And I got to believe part of that is because he did not take a tight end in the first 10 rounds tonight, but he grabs four tight ends after the 10th in the second half of the draft. And I don't think there's a there's a magic number here, but to me, if you don't take a tight end until the double-digit rounds, even in a format like this, you have to take at a bare minimum three he grabs four. What did you make of his tight end strategy tonight?
1: That's the way to go. Um, there's only so many you can take. I mean, maybe Ertz. You're just you're hoping to get, just get week to week. You have a couple. I mean, I think there's people way smarter than me are in on Jelani Woods and his profile and the flashes that he showed last year. Um, I don't love Conklin. I think there's just so many mouths to feed in New York, but I love Gerald Everett. I think it's a, a great, again, we talked about it super early in the show, right? That kind of, these guys who are going in the eighth to like 13th round. Those tight ends is everyone has a different ranking. And Gerald Leverett, again, high-powered offense. I know they they drafted Quentin Johnson, but Gerald Leverett has going to have some big games just as he did last year. And mm-hmm. Kellen Moore, obviously, look at what he did in Dallas and utilized Dalton Schultz and the rest of that tight ends. Gerald Everett, I think, is a value at tight end 16. That's a great pick. And I, I think that's one that even though – and then he backs it up with three more. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Everett, in a weird way, it's. I don't think he he could have, could could have, uh, not even taken arts as a, a super late flyer, and I would have been okay with uh, how he shaped up with the Gerald Everett pick.
0: You know, Conklin's getting a lot of buzz out of Jets training camp as well, and and I mm-hmm. know Jelani Woods is is polarizing, but polarizing is okay. When you're in round 17, uh, we have completed the draft tonight, but we have not completed our guest tour. We are about to with our final guest of the night, ladies and gentlemen, the fantasy football writer of the year finalist from the FSWA last year and our second Kings Classic champion popping aboard tonight who won it two years ago. You follow him on Twitter at Jim Coventry NFL. Please welcome in
4: Jim Coventry. Jim, welcome in, man. Hey, great to be here, man! This is a blast. Love the pros versus Joe's in the FFPC. It, it's it's so much fun having you uh,
0: too. And 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 I think that I what's great about having you on now is we can talk about your team as a whole. You cannot add to it. This is what you're going to battle with for the entire season. You were in the 11 hole tonight. Can you tell us a little bit about what as as you stand and look at your team right now? How it turned out? Would grade? Maybe you could grade your own team as
4: well. How did how did this turn out to you uh, for you tonight, Jim? I kind of expected I would punt tight end, and I know it's tight end premium. Mm -hmm. I just felt. I wanted to address the other positions, and I have tight ends that I'm specifically targeting in drafts. We all make our narratives and our stories, and, and I believe I have a strong case for Juwan Johnson. Irv Smith was hoping to get Jake Ferguson as my third, and he went a little before, and so I didn't, I don't really like Michael Mayer, but I wanted to have three bodies at tight end because, hey, if you have three, you have none, but you got to have something for point-wise, right? So it was a strategy, but I was hoping not, really not it. Nick Chubb would have been nice to have had on the roster, but it gave me access to Garrett Wilson was Chubb was taken. And it was cool to start AJ Brown and Garrett Wilson, because I feel that Garrett Wilson, he could be a 1400 yard receiver this year and Mm -hmm. AJ Brown's already done that. So it was an exciting start for me. And I really wanted Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. So my receiver set, I was extremely pleased with that part.
0: What about uh, Jim, the, the Joe Burrow pick here in the fourth round here, at the four hundred two, obviously, no concerns for you on the calf strain, right?
4: No, it's literally six weeks from the injury to the season, and it's a calf strain, and and I know they're painful, and believe I've had two of them, and they are horrible injuries in the in the short term, but you recover very well from them, and certainly with the care and treatment he'll get. If it was, they said torn calf, like fully torn calf, maybe we're looking at a problem. When Burrow went off on the cart and his thumb was up these guys have injuries like this, maybe not the specific one. It it was not an issue at all. It was between burrow and fields for me on the clock. I definitely either one would love fields upside, but I think the reckless nature of the running, we had that injury last year due to that reckless nature. And I just thought, you know what? Let me go with that real high upside quarterback. That also is calf injury aside, likely to make it through the season.
0: What about um, Travis Etienne? You picked him a little bit more than a half round ahead of ADP. But I guess at that point, drafting from the 11, you want him. you got to get him there, Jim. And you went out and got him.
4: Yeah, it's, at that point in the draft, we're looking at the running backs on the board and what I'm willing to go with. Here's the thing with Etienne. He never caught th- more than three passes in the game last year. I don't know how Doug Peterson goes into an offseason saying, How do we not get this guy more catches? I know they want to limit his workload on the ground. I know that. He had the week eight and nine where he had all those carries, and then he had a little stretch in like 14 and 15, but they always cut him right back down. Then they bring in Dearness Johnson. They draft Tank Bigsby. So I know the rushing attempts aren't going to be high. I have to think they realize the weapon that he is in the passing game. At 9.1 yards per reception, I have to think that role gets expanded. There were other running backs close. But the way they were off the board at that point, Josh Jacobs, I don't know if he's going to play. Brees Hall, I can't trust. And so by the time it came back around, Najee Harris is a player I, I like as well. But I think ETN has some upside that Harris doesn't have talking
0: with Jim Coventry from RotoWire. Uh, you follow him on Twitter at Jim Coventry NFL, excuse me, as in National Football League. The other thing I wanted to ask you, uh, well, not the other thing, but one of the other things I want to ask you, Chris Godwin at the 6.02 tonight, you know, Mike Evans did not go off the board until the 7.01. I'm not really going to talk with you about the disparity, but I will talk with you that you had the opportunity to draft either Buccaneers receiver. Why was Godwin the pick over Evans? So,
4: Eric, I, I, I really love the question because the frame I'm going to give is I think it's to, a lot of people is going to open their eyes. Baker Mayfield may not be a good quarterback, but if this game around him is on schedule, he could do that. Jarvis Landry played three years with him, right? Mm -hmm. Landry averaged 79 catches 997 yards notice Odell Beckham couldn't do squat with him he's on the field Beckham of course is the freelancer now Evans is on script but the thing is that offensive line is very unlikely to give him time to throw downfield consistently that's going to be a problem but Chris Godwin we know one thing He will get open quickly, and he will be on schedule. Baker Mayfield will be his best friend because getting the ball out before getting hit is going to be paramount. So definitely in last year, remember, Godwin rushed back from a December 2021 ACL injury, Mm -hmm. and he was 72nd percentile yards after the catch last year, and I don't think he was close to 100%. So I think we get the 100%. He's going to be a target monster. He's going to be their way they're going to move the chains, but with a little more oomph to it.
0: Let me ask you this, Jim, as as our final question tonight. If I pin you down between – after the Juwan Johnson pick, because I know you like Juwan Johnson, but round 12 and on, did you have a favorite pick out of those final nine picks? Irv Smith, Algier, Deontay Foreman, Michael Marriott, DJ Chark, Taequann Thornton, Baker Mayfield, Edmonds, and Pierre Strong. Any of those picks standing out to you like, "Mm, I'm really glad I got this guy.
4: I got to give you a 1A and a 1B here. Deontay Foreman, in my mind, I think the Bears told us everything they wanted us to know about Khalil Herbert. Last year, when he and David Montgomery were healthy, and Montgomery could break tackles, but he couldn't do any yardage afterwards. Yet they still gave Montgomery the heavy dose of the early down work. Herbert was a change of pace guy. Herbert should have had that job so far over Montgomery, yet they refused to give it to him. Now we get Foreman in. Foreman took over for Derrick Henry the second half of 2021 he was a beast he took over the second half last year for Christian McCaffrey somewhat of a beast but very good mm-hmm. I don't know how he is not he's getting drafted as the third Bears running back and in my mind he's the number one Roshan Johnson gets drafted what do they talk about oh he's a great leader oh he's great on special teams oh and he could block a little bit he's a core special teamer based on what the team told us and then Tyquan Thornton Look, I know the Patriots history with drafting running backs early has not been good. But Taekwond Thornton did show enough in limited opportunity last year. And Bill O'Brien comes in. Bill O'Brien had speed with Will Fuller back in the day. He'll know how to best use Thornton. They're gonna use an RPO look here. It's a dart throw because he's far from a sure thing, clearly going the 17th round of a draft. But I do think there's a chance where he becomes a wide receiver, four or five type guy. And at that point of a draft, I think that would be a good value too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic value in the 17th round if that ends up hitting. And by the way, more than a non-zero chance of that happening this year. More than a non-zero chance for Jim Coventry hopping aboard this show in the future. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Coventry NFL. The FSWA Football Writer of the Year finalist in 2022, former Kings Classic champion uh, back in 2021. You listen to him on SiriusXM. Jim, thanks so much for hanging out uh, tonight. We will continue to follow you on Twitter. Keep up all the great work, dude, and good luck in this league. Thanks for having me and um, good luck to everyone else. Bye. Thank you. Jim Coventry at Jim Coventry NFL from rotowire.com. Uh, Aiden, thank you so much for hanging out tonight. This was a blast. I appreciate So now uh, you are not on Tuesday or Wednesday on pros versus Joes, right?
1: No. Okay. I will
0: not be. So, Unless I get so called
1: into pinch hit again, which right, is always it, possible.
0: Yes. And, and listen, I, it was a home run tonight for you. So you, that might it was. Get, you, you never know what, what's going to happen, but. Uh, I want to thank you for hopping on. I want to thank all our guests. My goodness, we had so many guests tonight. always appreciate the insight from the drafters tonight. Brian Covert, Joe Jackson, Jason Barr, Gary Coeur, uh, Doug Orth, and, of course, Jim Coventry as well. Tomorrow night we'll be back with you an hour later than we were tonight. Grace's Secret is pros versus Joes number five. That goes off the board at 9 o'clock tomorrow, we will have live pick-by-pick coverage for you with myself, Farrell Elliott, and Dave Tripoli tomorrow night. The FFPC Joe is made up of, of several uh, previous guests of the show, Rick Raymaker, Rob Vieira, Jay Cohen, Daniel Cups, uh, Craig Magnuson, and Tim Marks are going to be splitting a team tomorrow night. And then Raymond Mencio and Mike Luchain will also be Uh, one of the uh, making up the final team of the FFPC Joes. As far as the pros go tomorrow, Kevin Tompkins, Britt Flynn, and Andrew Cooper, that's Coop A Fiasco on Twitter. They are making up the Fantasy Alarm team, drafting from the two-hole tomorrow. Uh, J.J. Zacharisen from Late Round Fantasy Football going to be drafting cleanup. Scott Connor from Dynasty and Chill is uh, drafting sixth. Then you're also looking at Roto Ballers Josh Hayes, Draft Sharks Jared Smola, and legendary Upsides' own Pat Corain. What a loaded draft. Both from the Joe you thought tonight was loaded. <laughs> Tomorrow is just as loaded. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can watch it on all the FFPC social channels as well. Uh, I want to thank Darren Armani, the FFPC, Aiden Lacori obviously our producer, and mutual friend, Rob audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. And of course, all of our listeners in case, I meant to mention that the early draft slots went out already. Now, if you feel like you should have gotten one and you didn't get one, email support at myffpc.com to make sure you know where you are drafting. Our next main event draft slot uh, reveal will be August uh, 15th, so make sure you are paid in full and have all your teams registered by August 13th. $1,600 for additional teams, Uh, so make sure you're taking advantage of that. And uh, take advantage of the main event slows that are already going off. Fantasy Pros Championship drafts, I'm commissioning one in about uh, 15 minutes here. Uh, So make sure you're registering for that as well uh, as the midnight draft tonight. $350 could turn into $1 million for you as well in the FFPC Main Event. First time ever we're offering two separate million dollar grand prizes register now at myffpc.com best ball tournament super flex best ball tournament dynasty startups available there as well as closed 12 team Best ball classic, whatever you want, drafts there at myffpc.com for just five bucks. Join the KFFSC main event. Should mention that too. I just joined a slow main event there, drafting right now. Just got Christian McCaffrey at the 104. Looking forward to my second round pick there. Register for those main events, which are popping off August 6th. So you got about a week. Um, and then the live KFFSC main events go off there. Farrell will tell us more about that tomorrow. Aiden, be good, dude. Appreciate all your work. Thank you, sir. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, that will complete our show tonight. want to thank everybody uh, for participating, for watching. Remember, we do this show um, uh, year-round, uh, 10, 9 Central on Friday nights. But we will be back at it tomorrow night at 9, 8 Central. We will see you there. <laughs> Down to three teams. And that FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship starts in twelve minutes. If you're watching live, jump in right now. Can't wait to see what you do uh from your draft slot in that night, uh tonight's draft. Could be the million dollar grand prize. You never know. We'll see you there. Thanks for watching. Nine eight central tomorrow. We'll be back at. After-